You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nerdtonel Media. Um, also on the True Pain channel and, of course, here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. My name is Daryl Connor, and you are listening to the Wrestling Rewind. Um, we were away for a couple of weeks, uh, so there were some best of shows up as well. If you guys check it out, you can go over to our website, uh, thewrestlingrewind.com, and get all the shows over there for free as well. But we are back live. We're going to do some more live streams as well over on thewrestlingrewind.com. And, uh, of course, we're here every single Tuesday on Phoenix 32.5 FM and, of course, on the True Penny Channel. This week, we're going to be talking about Extreme Rules 2020, um, and it's a three-man booth. So, as I said... I'm not here alone this week. I'm here with my regular co-host, Mr. Martin Herty. Martin, how are you, sir? Not a bother, Derek. Great to have you back. Sorry to hear you're not in in fine health. Um, I I wasn't well myself there during the week, but I'm on the tail end of a string of antibiotics. So just uh, the kick in after about two or three days. So you haven't long left to go. No, I haven't. I I have to say it's, it's been a... You know, I got have this cold that just won't go away. <laughs> what it is? It's like, it's like your chest effects or something. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, this is this is not good. So get the antibiotics, and then hopefully I should be fine. But Martin, we still haven't got your challenge. You're still one and zero undefeated, and Punk has still not. Uh, yeah, although still not responded. What I will say is that he hasn't responded to me, but uh, for some reason he hasn't responded to anyone in the past month <laughs> or true. any this kind of communications or contacts. So I. I'm not taking it personally. This is fair. For anyone who doesn't know, there is some news on that. We will. It's a developed situation, obviously, what happened in AEW. Um, we'll probably talk about that when we have more news on it. But for now, Martin is still 1-0. CM Punk is still avoiding him. And hopefully we'll get that fight one day, Martin. What do you think? Oh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's like your man says in the Shawshank Redemption, pressure and time. You can achieve anything with enough pressure and enough time. So I think if we just keep calling him out, Eventually, it's uh, it's going to get to him. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's got to happen. But um, we're also joined by the one, the only, Dave Stevens. David, welcome. Three-man boot. Three-man boot, indeed. So great to be back on the Wrestling Rewind, the only show hosted by people that actually like wrestling. How about that, for one? Um, true. Missed you guys. Trying to get in my once a month, and uh, this had some perfect timing for me. So really excited for tonight's show. And man, do we got some stuff to talk about, folks? You know what's weird, right? So it, it's it's a funny synchronicity how this all happened, right? So longtime listeners of both myself and Dave will know that uh, Gary and Corey used to be on the the international desk um, over on Rest of You, and. Uh, 
I I was at Gary's wedding last week, right? Corey was also there. And after the whole, you know, Gary getting married thing was done. And after I talked to Corey for a little while, um, I was I went up to Gary. I was like, hey, you know, Extreme Rules is on tonight. And he goes, what? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I thought you knew that. He goes, yeah, dog, I forgot they're doing it on a Saturday now. So, I mean, this caught everyone by surprise. I know Corey doesn't really watch wrestling anymore. But um, this, what was that like for you guys that this was randomly on a Saturday? Because I forgot about this also I, I watched it after the wedding but um th- i thought that was strange are wwe doing this now all the time or yes. is, do you think do you think this is going to be all the time right yeah yeah so um best i can tell uh this is at least looking at the schedule going forward this is the plan um i think having wrestlemania and then SummerSlam happening over multiple nights seeing mm-hmm. that hey it works on saturdays let's do it uh you know it helps them avoid things like Sunday night football, um, which is, you know, huge for ratings and takes away a lot of what they'd watch because honestly, way more people watch Sunday night football than watch Monday night football. So that's that's where you're really taking the hit in the States. And of course, I'm referring to U.S. football in that regard. Um, and, and I like it. Um, it gives me time to recoup. Uh, the mm-hmm. stuff I watch um, is mainly on Sundays, like this past weekend, for instance, you know, we had we had this extreme rules, but then, you know, Sunday there was a playoff race in NASCAR. I watched, I had an NFL game or two that I watched. There was a slope style mountain biking competition over Dave, in we Australia don't, we don't that I watched. Sports so here. my Dave, point, uh, uh, what stage do you look after these children? This is true. I, <laughs> she watches it with me. Whenever a car crashes in NASCAR, I mean, she I claps spent, and says, yeah. I, I, I spent all Sunday in bed recovering from a hangover. That's what I did. Well, <laughs> see, instead, of, instead of the hangover, I just stay up till 4 a.m. watching these things. It's the beauty of DVR nowadays. That's <laughs> That's YouTube TV for the win. I absolutely well, I'm, love I'm it. I'm kind of surprised by the the Sunday thing because um, by the Saturday thing because AEW initially started out doing Saturdays. It was true. kind of a soft promise tony khan had made to like uh you know he's from england so he'd made a kind of a soft promise to european watchers that it'd be easier for them a saturday night um and they ended up going to sundays because they said the the difference in the buy rates was just too big to ignore mm. um like it seemed but, to be that sunday was a much more profitable night so i'm but, but really see, surprised to see them going saturday right. long term okay but hear me out no hold on one hear second before, okay, before yeah. you do that before you do Martin, you put your fate in the wrong person. You, you had to put your fate in Papa H. He had us covered. That was, that was it. You know, he had I, us covered. Sorry, Dave. I, 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 no, I was just going to say, I honestly think if we really break it down, the way bigger issue is who carries, and we're talking about the U.S. market because that's the predominant market that yeah. then globally reflects, who carries yeah. the premium live events? Peacock. Who owns hmm. Peacock? NBC. What uh, does NBC do on Sunday nights? They have Sunday night football. That's their sense. that's this their main sense. thing. Um, ah, yeah, so I didn't realize it was on the same. I didn't realize it was on the same uh, uh, channel or network. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, so, this is why you listen to the rewind. You get the full <laughs> spectrum. You get the full spectrum of these decisions because it's weird. Like most wrestling podcasts, you listen to only cover from from, and we're guilty of this as well. When you're not on the, we we you know there's only one side of this. There's like the European side and then there's the American side, and it's cool to actually have that question answered in real time by just talking about it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I mean, and he talked about the difference in buy rates. Uh, Khan did AEW's Khan, um, of course, but. If you think about it, boxing, UFC, all of your fighting 
events for as long as I can remember have been on Saturday nights. So I think it's fitting. I don't, I don't, I don't have any issue with it. And I like recovering on yeah. Sundays. Oh, I, and like, yeah, in terms of just viewing, I far prefer it. Yeah, I think the too. thing is, if you're the type of person who's inclined to pay to watch like a wrestling pay-per-view, you know, you're gonna you're gonna make an event of that. You're not yeah. gonna care that you're missing going out on Saturday night over it. You know. Well, I mean, right. the thing about it is, for us, Martin, you can. I yeah. mean, you you can come back, and get the fight link home, and and away you go. You know, the fight link is the the colloquial name for the night link, which is the night bus in Dublin. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you said final outcome, and I was like, well, that that kind of ruins the no. Final. It? No, no, no. It, 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 it's the late night bus where you know interesting things happen. But uh, colloquially, that's the colloquial name of it. But um, no, you can get the night link home, and then you can or get a taxi home or whatever, and then uh, watch it. And I mean, when I got home, it was oh, it was about one o'clock, so it was perfect time, you know, to, to kind of watch it. And I think as a as a wrestling fan in Europe, it is weird. I'm not gonna say it is weird that's not on a Sunday because you're conditioned what thirty. 33 years of your life that wrestling's on Sunday, that pay-per-view's on Sunday, and then it's on Saturday. I mean, it makes way more sense. But here's here's an actual, here's a question to have for both you guys. Do you think if Vince McMahon was still running WWE now, that this would have happened? Yeah, because it's it started before he left. Um, you don't make these scheduling decisions with arenas, you know, the day of this. This is a lot of this happens years, if not months in advance, sometimes years in advance. Um, and And I think... You know, another key point that we have to take away from it is if you want to watch it on Sunday nights, guess what? You can. Mm. That, that's that's the brilliance of it. You don't you're not forced to sit down at eight o'clock to eleven, eleven thirty and watch it on Saturday night. If it's more convenient for you to watch it at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, watch it then. If you want to watch it Sunday night when it would have normally aired when you were used to it your entire life, God bless. You can watch it okay. then. That's the brilliance of it being on a network. It's on demand. So it's, mm. it's, it's, and you can rewatch it. These are all things we couldn't do as kids. We'd be putting in the VHS and, and hoping right. that it made it, you know, all three hours. And I really hope they don't go longer because I didn't put it into extended play mode. So, yeah. like, you know what I mean? So I, I, I like this. I think having it on demand helps bring in younger fans as well, makes it more accessible for them. Parents say, hey, you know, you got to go to bed. It's uh, 10 o'clock at night so they can wake up in the morning and they can catch you know the couple matches that they missed so i think it's a win-win all the way around now it's now it's my turn to say you put your faith in the wrong person because i would absolutely believe that the man who was rewriting monday night raw as it was happening would try to negotiate with a venue like the day of the event oh oh he had what we just had um was it money in the bank had to get moved to a smaller arena Uh, we had a pay-per-view sometime in the last five months that had to get moved I, I still think that's the maddest thing ever. <laughs> it's like, oh, the, the rain is too big. We're going to have a smaller one. It's it's mad. You know, it's funny, though, right? Uh, I at, at, a... least, at least this time he didn't try to claim it was because of a bomb alert. True. Well, I will it's tell true. you, this, that was that. not an issue at all. And for those of you who are tuning in, and obviously a show happened, we're talking about Extreme Rules WWE um, we are. from October 8th. Uh, so last. 2022. 2022, yeah, of course. And that's the, the show we were talking about. WrestleMania 1991, wasn't it? With the Sheik, uh, not the Sheik, the um, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter, uh, who was yeah. allied himself with the Sheik and against Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was, a, the, that was, a, that was a bad storyline. Oh my the, God, you can just tell. Uh, you know what? Sorry, Dave, before you jump in, uh, Martin, before you jump in, I remember, you know, 
watching i don't remember when he got the wwe videotapes and he had to watch the ads beforehand and did that he had the whole wrestlemania box and i think it was like wrestlemania 17 was where that stopped it was sorry wrestlemania 15 was where that stopped and it would go through all these main events and i always remember thinking that when i'm like jesus that must have been terrible and then i went back and watched it i'm like that was terrible (laughs) i think at the time you know just what a bad idea that was sorry Marin, go on no, no, I am. Um, I was just going to say the like the story behind it. I'm sure everyone knows the story behind it. But I mean, yeah, like even at that stage, Sergeant Slaughter was, you know, he was fairly over the hill by that stage. You know, nobody was expecting a a great match out of him, and he delivered uh, <laughs> exactly what people were expecting. He delivered on that terrible, terrible match. He did. Yeah, you can't say he didn't deliver. That's true. That's you true. cannot he, say he did not fulfill expectations. You know what was weird, right? So I, when you know, obviously as a kid, like you start watching it at a certain age, and you're kind of cognizant of it. So like I remember when you know I started like knowing what was going on as a kid, and um, Sergeant Slaughter would always be around, and you're like, that's a weird guy. And then you'd remember or watch some of the other stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't know how this fit together. And then it, my mind always just flash forward to him running. With the with with a, with a jacket or a tail, with Mark Henry trying to cover up the fabulous Moolah in two thousand in the Royal Rumble, and I'm like, what it, it must have been continuity. <laughs> it must have been different though, Dara, and like maybe Dave, you can expand on this. Although not not saying that you were this age or anything, but I mean, for us watching the whole storyline with Sergeant Slaughter and that, I mean, it was odd, but we're kind of slightly detached from it. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. for the record, I was Whereas, two and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, you were two, you were two and a half, but for Americans, it must have been strange because they they were watching it happen while like people were were dying in that war. Like, so it must have been. It'd be like imagine in in the seventies if someone had come out and done you know like a gig like a a show in Belfast and they had like you know the Raman. <laughs> well, like, or, well, or imagine, let's say there's this crazy attack that happens over in London that unfortunately <laughs> ends really badly. And then the WWE decides that, to run an angle with the, way, the like, Undertaker. So I'm just Well, here's the thing, right? So <laughs> still do it. It repeats. So they still, so, okay. So, you know, this is actually something that was brought up at Comic-Con this year, right? Um, during our panel, literally everything is wrestling part two, and we talked talked about that, right? It's I mean, wrestling using cheap heat is not anything new, and in the seventies, yeah, they probably would have had a character like that. Sure, there was there. I have a comic book here, literally right beside me, um, that features Shamrock, and Shamrock what a is, weird flex. No, so I guess better. <laughs> so this this. Uh, People who listen to all the shows know that uh, two or three weeks ago on, on Air to No Basis, we, we did a show where we talked about Shamrock. Shamrock is an Irish superhero, right? Whose dad was in the IRA, right? <laughs> and that's her storyline. <laughs> and it's so bizarre. It's like, um, you know, she's able to use the souls of the dead and stuff, but it's bizarre. And that's from 1981, right? So if that was happening in comics, yeah. I guarantee you, there would have been a character like that. That would have been Finn Balor's gimmick. Well, well, or, Finn you know, Finlay did come out in the nineties and battered uh, William Regal and grabbed the camera in WCW and was like, "This is for everything he's done to my country for four hundred years." And I'm like, I don't oh think you God. can put that all on Regal. No, I mean, like, I, 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 but the, but the closest analogy to that would have been the Muhammad Hassan 
gimmick where that's what they tried to do and it just it, that's exactly what they did yeah so i mean it was it, or, it's bizarre. you know what? A, a less extreme version um even though we're talking about extreme rules but a less extreme version would have been was it 03 or 04 when la resistance um was in the yeah. tag team uh, title very very talented individuals mm, by the way yeah. but their entire gimmick was you know the u.s uh, it was right after the iraq invasion and france was not supporting us yes completely all the french fries so, were called freedom fries they were, they were freedom fries right yeah fries. don't don't get me started but anyway so the point <laughs> is WWE has dabbled that way still um yeah. even you know even in this millennium so multiple at, times at that stage, we pointed out so we'll see you got it. You got to hip hop culture. At what stage, Dave, did you sort of sheepishly and quietly go back to French fries? <laughs> That's a good question. Was there was there a was there like an email went round that's just like, all right, lads, just sort of from tomorrow on, don't make a big deal out of it. Just start See, slipping just it always, in the conversation. We just always yeah. called them chips, Dave. That's how we got around the whole. Right, right. Life. That's how that's how you got around it. We said, hey. Remember that whole NATO thing that we're protecting you with? Yeah, we'll call them French fries if you up your spending a little. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah, we good. We good. That, that's all it was. We'll take your word for it. Dave's there. Dave's our on the ground American <laughs> correspondent. So everything he says, we just have to take his word on it, right? <laughs> um, all right, lads. So switching gears. Speaking of extreme, um, extreme rules, right? So to put this in perspective, I watched this on you know Saturday night into Sunday. As did Martin. Dave was there, right? So Dave was was in was actually in the arena. Um, the well. Our man started. on the ground. Exactly, our man on the ground. Is that my our... drink for the evening? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist on the ground. Did you, did you spend, send your expenses report in? By the way, Dave. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, that, if, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if they the ever the get month. filed. Yeah, <laughs> before the end of the month. Now, come on. Yeah, they've been submitted, but apparently it wasn't triplicate, so I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so look, um, go, kind of going into this, I didn't watch the show week to week because I'm still kind of where you are, Martin, where I'm not fully on board with WWE because, you know, we've all been hurt before. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ease myself back into it. Um, but I have to say there were some certain there were some things in this that I actually was excited about. Um, I can't believe they went with strap match uh, for obvious reasons. Um, the fight pit, I mean. It just looks so like the lines. Then I just wanted them to call it the lines. Then um, can, can so, we take it? Because I know I I know you want to bridge it. Can, can we just start from the beginning and just roll the card? Yeah, yeah, yeah we will to totally will. But I mean, going into this, it had enough to kind of pull me to want to watch it. So yeah, um, we're gonna go card by card here, and I'm I'm gonna like obviously hand this over to you guys because I am so sick at the moment. But for me, they're the two things that I actively wanted to see. Um, okay. What was um, it for you, Martin? What were the matches that you were like, okay, if I'm going to tune in, I want to see this or this? Like, these are the um, same things so, you kind of look for. So, for me, the big thing was I thought this was going to be a one match card. And mm -hmm. it, for me, it kind of did end up being that way, but the opposite way around. I thought it would be the, the fight pit. That is the mm -hmm. one I was really looking forward to because yeah. the last two have been brilliant. Uh, Riddle is brilliant. And Rollins, even though he's intolerable. <laughs> outside of <laughs> bell to bell but yeah. when the bell rings he's excellent um i don't know yeah, in real life really it might be a that it was the uh it was the opener for me on the night um, oh yeah but yeah in terms of what i wanted to see was the fight pit i was kind of intrigued by what they were going to do with carrying cross and then obviously i'm sure we'll all at some stage get to the the big reveal 
Yeah. Yes, which was the most obvious thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. But um, I'm kind of sad he's not on Impact. I would have I would have enjoyed having Wyatt. Get out of here! I'll, You're fired. I'll be honest. So <laughs> just, just I was sleep. just relieved he didn't show up in AEW. Um, oh well, I mean, you have to be able to wrestle to go in AEW, man. Come on, like that's yeah. not his strong suit. Everything else is just not that. Well, like, I'll tell you what. From from my perspective, and from somebody who has actually, since SummerSlam, been watching Raw and SmackDown um, oh, wow. consistently. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, it's Triple H, you could say. But of course it is. It, it's been bringing me in. And if anybody watched Monday Night, um, which I'll talk about at the end of the show, obviously, I mean, this is playing right into everything I love. But yes. so Friday night during SmackDown, uh, the promo was amazing that Triple H gave at the beginning to just open the show. He flipped over his mic partway through, had a QR code on it. I actually, in real time, was like, you know what? I've never done this. Let me just do it. You know, pulled up the QR code. Didn't watch it before I showed my fiance. Um, very creepy. But the important totally thing was... scan random name. QR codes. That's that's a bit of cybersecurity. Uh, no, no, I, I, I understand. Yeah, no, I, no I'll, I'll, kids, I'll put that on my resume. There, it's not the, don't scan random QR codes you find in random places. That's no, and especially not in this world of no-click viruses yeah. that we're seeing right now. But anyway, so um, <laughs> our jobs aside. Um, <laughs> you should know better, Dave. Um, we, I, no, we should. But anyway, so I, I, I scanned the QR code. But what it wasn't the video or whatever that, that clued me off. The right. name of the website was the date and I didn't go to look that up or anything. I just on my phone saw 10, 8, 22, that's tomorrow night. And then at the end of SmackDown, the very end, they once again played a white rabbit promo. And this time they were blatant. They put the date, they kept flashing tomorrow night, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. So all of us there, um, it was a really long line. This was not a show you had to worry about selling tickets for. It was packed. Um, there, there was a line to get in even. Um, but so from the time we were all filtered in, even during the pre-show, everybody was chanting for Bray Wyatt. But still, even though we all, it, it, it's the worst kept secret in all of professional wrestling. We all know that, right? Yeah. But it's wrestling. And the problem with that is you never know until it actually happens. Yeah, that's So that's until... And we'll get to this at the end. Card subject to change. Yeah. (laughs) Until you actually heard he's got the whole world in his hands, everybody went from chanting for Wyatt to just... I, I, it's, that might be the best live reaction I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And maybe... Was it CM Punk No. (laughs) Not not a single one. Nobody nobody cares. (laughs) I think Uh, those days are over. (laughs) No, I... You know, and... um, so I, I guess I'll kick things off with the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of the really cool things, uh, like I was saying, is I was blessed with really great tickets for this show. Um, just happened to pick the perfect section, I'll say. Let's put it that right. way. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times you can go to a show and cool, you watched it. Now I'm going to go rewatch it at home to see like what actually happened. Um, but this this show is different um, for me. I was surrounded by diehard wrestling fans. And I mean diehard. They knew every facet of AEW, Impact, and WWE, and every single storyline that everybody's in. 
um, like super, super fans, which was cool. Um, I took my brother for his 18th birthday, casual fan. You know, he's he's the Logan Paul target audience. So and he tunes in when Logan Paul's on. So it works. It works. Um, But. It, there, it, where you sit in an arena definitely can affect how much you enjoy a show. Because if you're just watching on the tron the whole time, or if you can actually see the ring from your seat, or if they're just wrestling next to you during a match, you know, it amplifies things. But does, we, yeah. this, where we were, um, we could perfectly see the pre-show set up. We could perfectly see the announcers. All the entrances were great. There was no obstruction. And we were the heart of the chants getting started. Um, they were, a lot of them came from the ring and it was funny, not from, I wasn't sitting ringside. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying a lot of them came from where we were and it, we'll talk about the Bailey match later, but you want to know who was doing those let's go Bailey chants and started turning that match around. It was my section one eleven by far. <laughs> so it, it was just a really cool, it was out of every show I've attended, and I've been to AEW, I've been to TNA, I've been to WWF, I've been to WWE, pay-per-views, TV, house shows, all of them for pretty much all those companies, um, plus all the indies. This is the absolute best experience I've ever had sitting in an audience for a wrestling show. Now, mind wow. you, this is the Philadelphia market. Yeah. This is extreme rules. We are infamously one of the best crowds to go to, but this was special. And what made it special was the people that I was surrounded by. Right. And it, that's kind of an intangible that makes me super biased when we'll go into grading this. But man, the passion that that crowd had and the passion that they didn't have, which I'll get into when we talk about matches. Really helped clued me in because I, I I like to always say I, I try and examine topics from all different sides. Like, listen, I live in the West, but if you think I'm not also listening to what China, Russia, and Iran are saying at the same time, I'm not going to get an accurate picture of what's actually happening in the Ukraine. So I got to listen to everything. So with re- so with wrestling in particular, you know, I have um, Jenna is at home casual fan she was watching on tv just to let me know like hey i saw you here like you were on camera here i was on camera a bunch that was really cool and more cool for my brother because like his friends that were watching were like snapchatting him pictures of himself on screen so that was great um but like did, for did me, you have a sign really, dev like, uh, no sign no sign at all no sign necessary uh for this one didn't need they they knew where i was i didn't need a sign for them to know so you missed the old days of wrestling though when they all had like the whole crowd i do but i could see i could see those so that that might be the flip side of it yes (laughs) the thing about martin is though and dave we've gone through very creative signs that have shown up Mm. back then that Creative is a generous word for it's a lot a gen- of. It's a generous. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to see. You know, I would rather see. Uh, how do I phrase this for PG? Uh, take your, you know, your for out for the audience. Then yeah. follow follow this person on Twitter. Listen to this podcast. Like go to Dave, this YouTube channel. I made Come Dave. On. Honest to God, I made this exact point. I think on one of the last shows we did. I am all for signs. Make them creative. Make them fun. But my God, am I so sick of fans going to shows and holding up signs, promoting their own bloody podcast. Yeah, going into business for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Why? 
Are you, are you there to enjoy the show, or are you there to try and get some clout? Like, what, well, what are you one, doing? One like, I, I don't get that. Who's, who's, who's watching Brock Lesnar tip over the ring and going, ooh, WrestleNuts.net? I better give that a go. <laughs> That's um, what I would have tuned into. I have to say, though, the only sign, modern signs that I do actually enjoy is the random uh, references to old video games that are all true AEW signs. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Or I like the ones um, like uh, MJF eats a kiwi from the bottom. <laughs> Just really, really specific, weird insults. But no, it's, it's very cool, Dave, that you have that kind of insight. Because I mean, like, I've never been to a WWE pay-per-view. I've been to uh, house shows, uh, Raw, SmackDown, um TNA shows all that kind of stuff but I've never actually been to a WWE pay-per-view so mm. there obviously is a little bit different in the way WWE do things is is very very uh regimented I've never been to an AEW, AEW yeah. show but I mean the best wrestling place you can go is the impact zone you can't go there anymore because it doesn't exist but the impact zone was gas mm. and I think that's that skews the way all of the wrestling is done because of the way they shoot it or stuff like that so I mean yeah. It's interesting. For example, you said you could see yourself on on TV there a lot. When we I I couldn't in the arena. Don't, don't get me wrong. In the arena, I had no idea. It wasn't until right. I got home. Right. Uh, well, a I was getting texts. My brother was getting texts. But it wasn't until I got home and you guys got the group chat message where yeah. I was screenshotting stuff and to no response. By the way, they they could care less that their their co-host <laughs> is like ecstatic about this. We were happy uh, for you. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that hearing it now <laughs> when you're put on the spot. But so we were asleep. This is true. <laughs> this is also true. true. I sat there for a week, no response. Like, are we even doing this show? But no. So um, <laughs> but my point is, no, no, we couldn't see. I just. Had to be careful. I just knew we were going to be on TV, so right, you know, yeah. kept kept that in my mind throughout the show. Um, but very cool, though. What, very, but very really, cool. but one of the things that happens what, at the point I was trying to get to before my mind did its usual disorganized tangent, which please rein me in so I stay on topic. But is I was getting the insight of you know Jenna's at home and she's saying, "Oh, this is really cool," and to me in the audience, I'd be like, "Oh, that was okay, cool," like. Mm-hmm. I see a casual fan that's just getting into wrestling. They think that's interesting. I've seen it a thousand times. So I'm like, all right, next. So that perspective is good. Or my little brother. Again, I told you I took him for his 18th birthday. Again, a casual fan. Literally your Logan Paul target demographic. He was like, hey, boo, Logan Paul. Why? It was like (laughs) around us because he's a terrible human being. Um, He's like, oh, I like him. But that's, that's exactly the point. Um, you know, he casually follows wrestling, but if he enjoyed the show more than I did, I would say, I mean, it it reignited that fandom. And and that's what I love about WWE. If they do their stuff correctly, even if they only put on an average show, but Mm. they make the people in the audience feel like they're part of it. That's going to long term keep those stadiums, keep those specific arenas with their attendance full. And then the final thing that then I always have to take into account is what is actually happening in the arena versus when I go home and I watch it and I listen to what they pump in on the audio. Because right. that's what that's what always interests me. And I think that'll come up a lot because uh, there were definitely people that got no reaction that may have gotten reaction on TV. Um, and there's people that got reverse reactions that may have been corrected that you'll have to tell me about. So I'm looking forward to talking about this show. Uh, I absolutely adored it from the audience perspective. 
Um, how it played out on TV, I, I don't know. But I can tell so, you being there was phenomenal. Before we get into this proper, I just there is a point that I just need to make real quick. Um, last year's Extreme Rules, I think uh, we can remember this, only had one Extreme Rules match. Yeah. Only had one hardcore match, period. All the rest of them were either straight matches where just you know, it was a triple threat or a singles match, or else it was tag. There's a couple of tag matches there as well. Um, so this was a marked improvement. You could tell the show had a lot more stakes to it, to kind of fit in to the the gimmick a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of gimmick pay per views. I do like extreme rules in general, but um, I think this is the best way you do it, where you have um, you have gimmicks on the show. But I have to say. <laughs> An old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Now, for our listeners who don't live in Ireland, Donnybrook is a district of Dublin, the south side of Dublin, um, very close to where RTE Strangely is. Strangely one of the posher ones as it's well. One, yeah, it's a posh Don- area of, Do- Donnybrook of Dublin. Donnybrook is the last place you'd find a Donnybrook. Exactly. Now, it's bizarre. I would have called it something else. but um, Fingless. Well, they wanted to call it the Cracker Barrel match, but AEW already has that, so they no, said I mean, call it something it, different. What? Can somebody tell me what was up with those barrels? Like, come on, guys, you're copying the wrong company. Don't don't copy the failures. Copy the successes. <laughs> a good old fashioned Ballymun. <laughs> I mean, these would be better. Would these would be better gimmicks, you know? But um, Donnie Brook was bizarre. I, it, it must mean it must mean like a you know a, a battle or a rail or something. But I mean, when you Google it, it goes it's back. Like, to, I think one of them. Um, old John Wayne films like The the Quiet Man or something. Oh, so here we go. So uh, according to... Not Genghis Khan because that's the best John Wayne film of all time. Yeah, although Genghis Khan as wide as his empire was <laughs> never quite made it to Ireland. No, and, and uh, you gotta and love shoot. it even try. It's, 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 don't. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're taking me seriously, don't watch that movie. It's no. it, it. No, it's not good. It's. But, it's, you see, because, but definitely but, watch that movie if you're in the right psychological mindset because you when they laugh were, forever when they were shooting that movie they were they were testing nukes out in the mojave desert <laughs> yeah yeah don't go and, 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 and a lot of that, a lot of the cast in that movie died from cancer as a result so well we yeah. all watched the movie so wild wild okay <laughs> so google donnybrook uh a scene of uproar and disorder heated argument apparently it's north huh. american on australian but it's weird man because you go to and okay and then an irish it's the Han Brock, the Church of Saint Brock. These mean completely different things. So I, I would say it's one of those things that's um, used in North America and Australia uh, as a reference to Ireland, but isn't used here. Like, like you'd never hear anyone here say "Top of the Morning," um, or you know, we don't really we don't really sing "Danny Shane... Boy" here. You know, you think Seamus would have said something though? He's like, "Listen, I'm from a rough area." Um, can we call it something else? Because this makes no sense. Yeah, Seamus is going, wait, I'm getting a push again because I used to work out with you, Triple H. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and just keep on going. And But before we get to that match, I'm assuming this wasn't shown on the pre-show because it was very played up for the audience. So No, this was was shown on the show. No, no, no. I mean, this was what I'm about. Sorry, my brain did the jump ahead and talk about something for a reference what I'm talking about. Um, did they show Jerry the King Lawler before that match, or no? I I didn't see him. Okay, so what they did for us um, 
in the audience. So for those that don't know, WrestleMania, not this upcoming year, but 2024 is happening in Philadelphia. If you want to come, let me know. Um, so uh, we are um, very much looking forward to it. So they're having it at where the Philadelphia Eagles play, which is right next to the Wells Fargo Center where we were at. Um, so what they did before the match or before the show started, rather, and right before they brought Jerry the King Lawler out, which got a great pop. Um, they brought out the Philadelphia Eagles cheerleaders, got a great pop. Um, they had a Liberty Bell set up on the stage. They brought out the mascot for the 76ers, which is different than Gritty, who you saw interacting with the Miz throughout the pay-per-view. And they revealed live um, for the first time, and I, if you want to put this up, Dara, in, in post, what the logo is for WrestleMania in 2024 and that was really cool to get the the hometown audience pumped for the show that was happening that night and also looking forward a year and a half into the future so i didn't know if that made the error if that was just something for us in the audience there to get us the pop and excited oh it is very cool that. yeah it's very cool very good it's a wrestlemania xl which isn't extra yeah. large it's Obviously, forty. Roman, yeah, Roman numeral forty. Um, yeah. Roman numerals. Will Roman still be champ? Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! Going back um, to numerals after all these years. This scares me. Scares I've actually, I've actually seen. Great, the, I've actually seen that, the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell is cool. I have, I have a small miniature one downstairs. I mean, yeah, it's got a crack in it. Otherwise, it's pretty cool. So, they. Uh, <laughs> they uh, I mean, just, just make your make your bells correctly. It's not that complicated. I've been uh, a lot every time, every time you say Liberty Bell, I just keep thinking of the main character from Glow. I thought you were going to say from The Simpsons, Liberty Bell, <laughs> Liberty Bell, Lemon. <laughs> and so then, what I think you guys saw, and you're welcome, uh, nerd to know fans, because I know they covered every episode of The Simpsons for like twenty seasons. But this is true, yeah. Uh, then what they cut to, which I'm, I think made the broadcast, was Paul Heyman's intro, which, right. given that it's a Philly crowd, what better way to play up Extreme Rules than having Paul Heyman introduce the fact that it's extreme, it's in Philly, this is happening. So you had the WrestleMania logo reveal, you had the Paul Heyman intro, the crowd was so hot, and Sheamus, I said 12 years ago, he's adorable, I continue that into he has just become an unstoppable monster that they need to capitalize on um, because at this point he is getting better reactions than he was during his world title reign. I will trade what he is doing now against Gunther over watching him push John Cena off the top turnbuckle through a t through the table to win a title by miraculous occurrence that he doesn't keep for that long. This is what we always needed out of Sheamus and he's showing what he can deliver. And let me tell you, even seven rows back that I was in, in, in the, you know, not ringside seats, like the first section we were seven rows back. Like you could see how red his chest was from their match that they had on SmackDown Friday night. I don't know if you guys caught it. It was brutal. It was the main event for Friday as the go home match. And he was still beat red. We could see it from our seats throughout the match. It just got worse. Um, it was, it was, we talk about, you got to start with a hot match to get the, to get the crowd excited. WWE did that and they went beyond it with two other things to get the crowd into the show. And, and I think it paid dividends for our interest level, at least I mean, their lives. Sheamus well, was always great. They just, uh, 
they just ha- hamstrung him by yeah. having him screw over uh, Brian Danielson. Like it, like otherwise, I think he would have he would have gotten over really well. But it was like when um when they had the Royal Rumble was it the next year, and everyone thought yeah. he was going to be number thirty, and then it was Rey Mysterio, and everyone yeah. booed him out of the building. Ooh, it wasn't that they hated. It wasn't that they hated Ray. It was that they wanted Danielson. I think it was the same with Sheamus. I think Sheamus yeah. could have done really well, only they kicked off his reign by having him screw over the most popular yeah. guy in the building. You know what, though? Because Darren and I talked about this at length at the time, and I don't want to distract from Extreme Rules, but the best thing that ever happened to Daniel Bryan was getting beaten in 28 seconds or 48 seconds, whatever it was, at WrestleMania. Because that catapulted him from what could have been a one-night or tonight, the crowd's popping for you. They're really crazy. They really want to see you. To no, no, no. This guy, we are getting behind. We will no longer see any disservice done to him. Um, I, I think that was the most important night of Daniel Bryan's career and the best thing that possibly could have happened because there's no yes movement if Sheamus doesn't destroy him in seconds. And as much as I hated it at the time and as much that I, I was there, as much as I didn't, that's not what I paid to see. I paid to see a match. Yeah. But no, if, I'm, a, if I'm looking long term, I mean, it paid off. That's yeah, fair. no, that, that's that's a really good assessment. So, Martin, uh, Dave obviously gave his uh, his rundown of, of this match. What did you think about it? Well, my rundown will be in three parts and twice as long as Dave's. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's interesting I don't know if you remember, we had uh, a crack about this exact pay-per-view a couple of months ago, Dara. Uh, when Triple H took over, we were like, okay, well, SummerSlam's kind of a given because it's probably already booked and done and it's got Brock coming in and it's kind of a, a sort of an open goal. And then the next pay-per-view is Clash of the Castle. So that has the novelty of being, you know, in Wales for the first time. It's going to have an insanely hot crowd, you know, being overseas and all will give it a whole. So it, it kind of can't fail either. And we had both said that extreme rules will be the real test for Triple H because it's just another, it's a run of the mill pay-per-view. It's, you know, going to require, like people aren't tuning in for extreme rules the way they do for, you know, one of the big four. So it's going to require build and interesting stories and, and stuff like that. So we had said that this would be kind of the real test for Triple H. So I, I was pretty interested to see how this went. Um, as I said earlier, on the night, I thought the fight pit was going to be the match of the night. I was really surprised um, that it was the opener. But I'm like, you know, give me Seamus Walter every day, all day. Apart from that, however... Uh, and I know that Dave was in the audience and that's a whole different atmosphere. Uh, for me, this was ag- ag- aggressively average. Um, nothing, maybe apart from the Rousey Morgan match, was egregiously bad. But nothing else apart from the opener was was really good, really noteworthy. Um, what I would say is, though, again... WWE's in this whole high at the moment. So if you're a WWE fan, I, I this is a great pay-per-view for you. Um, for me, the style they have just doesn't mesh well with the whole, you know, extreme thing. It's very, you know, it's very overproduced. It's very over-polished. Um, 
and like like a, a kind of thing like a a, a Donny Brook brawl or a good old fashioned <laughs> Donny Brook. It's it's so WWE is so controlled. You never get the sense that it's actually going to be like you know like a wild insane brawl. Yeah. Um. So the for me this had a ceiling. Mm. Uh, now what I will say is that the match, the opening match was great, and I thought, wow, this is they're really going to pull this off. Um, and I was very disappointed and really surprised uh, with the finish. Um, the other thing I, I I noted was that this was three hours and ten minutes with six matches on it, mm. and I was so surprised by how much this really dragged. Like again, hey, apart from apart from the see, opener. Oh, sorry. But you see what happens when you don't. It's a, so. The last show I was on, we were talking about AEW, and what was the biggest downside we talked about? What was it, 14 matches? You know, yeah. they, they tried to stuff in. So this is the opposite extreme, no pun intended, of yeah. six six matches. But they got appropriate time, and a lot happened in between. But I, I there, do there see your be point. balance b- between the two of them. Like, like again, yeah, they were still 14 running out of matches time. on a show was a lot. They were still running out of time. You see? Yeah. So, but, so, but, so, there has to be a sort of an in-between between... Fourteen matches on a show, and six matches with these huge sort of cavernous gaps in mm. between. So it, you know, it, it cuts so up the flow. I think. So I think. On? Oh, sorry, but sorry, what, what I think I'm going to talk over you anyway. So what I think is, I'm just, <laughs> but what I, but what I think yeah, a lot of that time that you guys are talking about that seemed kind of dead in the arena was a lot of setup because the yeah. one of the things that happens with it being an extreme rules pay-per-view and having different stipulations for every match like they should is you need time to yeah. get stuff set up. You need time yeah. to get the barrels out of there. You need time yeah. to get the table set up for live. You need time for all those things to occur. So I will agree. Um, but there was so much camaraderie that that time passed fast for us. But what what, what struck me and this is never, I, I guess my seats at a show have just never been in the particular aisle where I would have seen this. This was the first time ever where I could see the production clock um, oh. that they hold behind hard camera. Um, oh, I mean, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have it on Raw as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all they show, I mean, it's not like it's anything special. It just literally tells you what time it is. Yeah. Um, and, and this will become a factor later. But. You know, you forget, okay, it's a PLE nowadays, so we don't have to worry about paying the unions over if we go past the mark, or uh, not the unions, rather, paying the pay-per-view provider if we go over or it just abruptly cuts off. They can afford to go to 11.10, 11.15. Um, so when the final match starts and we're all looking at the clock from our seats and going, um, there's 20 minutes. How is this going to be a good match? How is there's supposed to be some reveal at what's going to happen? Uh, it left us in a lot of suspense just from that. Um, and also the amount that's done, this doesn't get enough appreciation and I'm not just kissing people for this, but Yes, I can certainly say I'm not allowed to say a butt. I'm not trying to kiss butt is what I was trying to say about this. But but um, yes, I, I can see the side of, oh, WWE's overproduced. You don't know, blah, 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 blah. Dude, the amount of because I, I love tech. Obviously, it's the industry I'm in. This industry dares. And, and I also love video work. I've done video editing for years. So um the amount of technical stuff and production stuff that was done 
um, in between all those breaks, whether it was setting up, breaking stuff down, uh, fixing a table that got broken, uh, reconfiguring the pre-show set, uh, running wires, different places, all of this happening in pitch darkness blew me away. Like sometimes you forget watching that that camera is 12 inches from the wrestler's face. But when yeah. you're standing there next to the wrestler and the camera guy's, you know, kind of talking to you at the same time, like it's it's a totally different. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like you forget about that. Um, it's like going to see a, a comedian film a special live and you realize that there's a camera in between you and them and it catches you off guard. But the amount that they are able to do is absolutely astounding. And there's no company on earth that runs the schedule WWE does and runs the production quality that WWE does as a touring company, as a touring company. Um, and it's unrivaled in the world. And that astounds me because did, what I, they I, do I, well, uh, is, is, is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I was going to make a point. Um, so uh, I was going to make two points. One, I think the balance here is that. WWE is always going to have that production, right? It's it's like going to see, and AEW balances out by being a bit more edgy and a bit more grungy. It's like WCW, right? We watch a lot of WCW here. WCW always had that. It looks like WCW, even to the toys, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got the Titantron toy, and then you got the arena toy in WCW, which felt like WCW. Mm-hmm. It has its own thing. And I mean, that's a kind of hard thing to readjust to it. But as you said, the production thing is very, very apt. Where you see that a lot, is when you go to gigs, right? And yeah. when you, a lot of bands, they'll just come on and they'll play their set, right? But then there's other bands, like Behemoth or whatever, who have a big stage show. That takes time to set up. Yeah. And I know about you guys, if you go to gigs, um, there's sometimes a half an hour changeover. Yeah. Like, I yeah. went to go see Behemoth, like, what, two or three weeks ago, and um, there was a half an hour changeover, Martin. So, I mean, yeah, but, so, you're looking at a, you're looking at a, you're looking at a, a, a big curtain, you know? Yeah, and but I mean, I'm, like, I, like, it's undoubtedly like a huge and and as Dave said, an incredibly impressive feat that they pull off, even mm. with just like the weekly shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not my concern. You know? No, like I mean, if I'm if I'm sitting watching it on the telly, I like I'm only reviewing it how it felt as yeah. a, as a television production. Oh no, absolutely. I, I, look, okay, I, but I, but but okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna come out and say it. Screw it. Are we? Are we? No, we're not past. No, we're not. We're not. Okay. We're not. Oh, <laughs> stall, stall. Okay. okay, okay well, look, stall. Just let me let me finish this thought, right? So, obviously, when we go to after FM, uh, we will be getting a bit more. The the gloves come off, I suppose. Oh, um, and so, it gets raunchy, listeners. It gets so <laughs> raunchy. No, 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 no. Hold on. Once I'm we go raunchy. off, no, no. All right, let Phoenix let me, let me FM. The all gloves right, so come just... off and the trousers come off. Oh my god! I, I I do love you trying to suck the people in, but I think this is important. More important than sucking people, I think, is this comment. So, <laughs> oh, I, I think okay. after the water said, "Dave," <laughs> what I'm saying is, when I'm sitting, okay. So for those that don't know, um, and this was completely by chance. This isn't something that was planned or whatever. Um, I happened. I'm not going to mention who. I at the 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 house that we ended up purchasing about half a year ago that we've been living in. Um, the guy that previously owned it, that sold it to me was, um, is Shane McMahon. Uh, is Shane McMahon. No, uh, but he had a picture of himself with Shane McMahon. Um, cool. Is the, uh, I can't be too specific. Let's just say has a really, really high role in TV production for WWE. So it's Names totally with, changed. Rick Bond. 
No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> so, um, but so what I'm trying to say is it's kind of weird because I'll be laying in bed and thinking the room that I'm watching this in is where the guy that's calling the shots for what to put on TV used to sleep. It's a very, very weird world for me in wrestling right now. So I'm paying attention to details I don't normally pay attention to. Like, wow, how did they get those wires up here into that aisle in time for that? That was astounding. So that's when I say the production, I'm not talking necessarily just what you're seeing on TV, but also what they're doing behind the stage. Um, and I guess I can't say that either, but let's just say somebody he's close to is the person that creates all those graphics that are really, really wonderful. Those 3d graphics that now every sport, um, has started to copy WWE for, and they add such a huge element if you're watching at home. So it's become a very unique experience. It's definitely made me biased, but, um, it's definitely become a very unique experience so i've definitely paid far more attention to production now that i have a line to production if you will well i mean the thing about it is it's like it is kind of hard to you know when you do see stuff like this i think it's a valid point that martin made that having these big gaps because i mean one of the reasons i don't like going to festivals is because the yard is huge well Mm -hmm. there's many reasons but one of the reasons is these huge gaps in production where you're like it looks amazing but the setup is is quite a lot but then again that is the trade-off by having these matches like an extreme an extreme rules match fair enough doesn't take that long to set up but like the the fight pit match i'm i'm assuming took ages it's like when you see a cage match and it takes ages when you actually set it up at the we didn't know the ropes are coming off like do do you understand like Within five minutes, not only did they get that cage down, they got the okay, ropes be, off. Bear in mind, Dave, before you, like, say, before you say it, do I understand, I spent two years working with a wrestling company, setting up rings, taking yep. rings down, being yep. the referee, doing all that crack. You, you make a valid point, Martin, and I'm not taking anything away from your experience, but how many of those were watched by millions and millions of people, and how many of those did you do in pitch blackness in five minutes before six, they six. went live for international six. television? Six. Six of them. Okay. No, really <laughs> they were all in court. No, no, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm, no, no, I'm not trying to put you down because trust me, indie shows are my favorite thing in the world to go to. If, if you're going to ask me, do I want to spend $150 per ticket to go to a WWE show or do I want to play 20 bucks, sit front row? Well, now it's more like 35, but like 35 bucks, sit front row and get to watch the next gen talents. I will take that every single day of the week I over going to, to a have, WWE show. I have guys beat all over you. Because you you're a big fan of death matches, also yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean the thing about I, it is it, it is interesting that we have this comparison. You want to talk? Wait, wait. That's a great point, though. You'd want to talk about setup. Do you know what it's like to go to a tournament of death and wait no. for them to set things up? No, I can like we've had hour long breaks where they have to wrap the rope or take the ropes off, put barbed wire in place of the ropes. Put light tubes in between all those barbed wires. Yeah, Make sure you tape no. everybody up. Stitch everybody up backstage. But Dave, but I, I, I wasn't, I've been my, there for that. <laughs> but I was never ever story. saying that this that's isn't what? hugely impressive stuff. <laughs> Purely and only saying that as a TV viewer, it entirely breaks up the the flow of it. Like no, no, I got a secret saying for that you. This isn't impressive. I got so, a secret for you. Go um, a if you like you 
um, aren't watching the weekly shows, those promos they show really catch you up. No, they do a great job no, on that. No, 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 or no, B, no, 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 or no, no, B, no, no, I'm no, sorry no. they didn't use the music you like there. But no, hold B, on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. B, <laughs> Yeah, I can't get to B. Fine, fine. No, no, you can't get to B because we have to go to break in a second. But before we do, I just want to say one thing, right? What they could do, what they could do is instead of having those promos, because those promos, I'm sorry, Dave, I don't care how well they're produced. They're they're very, they're tourism. They could have no, 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 UFC no, 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 Hold on. no, 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 when no, I don't, no, no, when I don't watch. Okay. Wrestling we have to go to for a month. We have, we have and to I to want to watch a pay-per-view. <laughs> and they yeah. want to show me five minutes where they explain the entire angle. Guess Cut what? them off, Dara. Cut the mic. <laughs> we have to go to break. Thank you, Dave. We have to go to break. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. So we'll be back with this wonderful debate. <laughs> Over on Phoenix, over on uh, not Phoenix, but over on Nerdtino Media, the WrestlingRewind.com, and of course the True Penny channel. You can get the show free every day, unedited, uncensored, all that kind of good stuff. And of course, if we do go along as well, because I think this is going to be long, because we've we've covered one we match, one match in an hour. <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go over there. And again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Wrestling Rewind on Phoenix and Two Point Five FM. We do appreciate your support, and we're here because of you. So thank you so much for my two calls. We will see you after this show. Here on the Gloves off, trousers off. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright folks, and we're back here on the rest of the rewind where uh, hopefully we can get back on course, Dave and Martin. Uh, of course, this is the extended segment because in an hour we covered one match. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't, I'm not staying up till 4 a.m. So sure. we can't spend an hour. For- <laughs> no. The point I was going to make though before break, and just let me get it out, right? Yeah, yeah. What they could do is when you're watching UFC uh, and when they have some time over, they do show matches, right? Now, obviously, that's a little bit different because they're they're real matches. They're not predetermined, you know, spectacles. What they could do oh, is... Oh, what are you saying about wrestling? Are you, are you telling me that's not that's not real? I'm sorry, Dave. It's a, the Easter Bunny isn't real either, and that isn't coming. Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> but no, the point I was making, like, they could have, you know... Um, 205 live or some kind of or even heat they should bring back heat and just have like heat matches during those cooldown segments because look what Marion is saying is correct no matter how good those uh video packages are i'm not watching a pay-per-view for the video packages i'm watching it for in-ring action and it's one thing that aew do do is uh make better use of that time and wwe could do that but i think we'll get that eventually i mean back in wwe's heyday and you know in the attitude era and stuff like that they would have that kind of stuff they'd replay stuff from heat they would they would have extra matches and like that wwe just need to use that time a little bit better and i think that would be good right now let's try to be good here lads. they did get- they did say they did do some of that stuff there it's like oh god um they did do some of that stuff to be fair with miz and and they that did. went over well yeah. with the live audience but at the same time 
Um, I, I've gone, I think we all have, where we take breaks from wrestling for a bit. And so if I don't watch the product for a month, two months, and then I tune into a pay-per-view, at least they're giving me three to five minutes of top-notch video production that's going to clue me in on this is the storyline, these are the main beats, this is what's happened, this is now your match, this is why it's occurring. And that's really helpful for a casual fan. And I I guess because we're more diehard fans, maybe to us it's less appealing. We'd like to see that time filled with something else. But I think it really helps the pay-per-view or PLE-only watching audience so much more than we're giving it credit for. Well, look, folks, obviously, let us know. Uh, you can let us know on, on the social media. At WrestlingRoyne.com is where our social media is, because we want to know if, if you agree with that or where you stand on it. But let's try to be good and get through these matches. So, Martin. Yes. Ronda Rousey defeated Liv Morgan. And I'm sorry, and of course, the Brawling Brutes uh, defeated Imperium uh, in the, the, the good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. We didn't uh, get to the finish during this break. No, we didn't get to the finish, but we are moving on, because it took us an hour. <laughs> So, uh, Ronda Rousey <laughs> defeated Liv Morgan by te- technical submission in an Extreme Rules match for the Women's Championship. So, Ronda Rousey is is your uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. Martin, what do you think about this? How did it come across on TV? Uh, any criticism by praise? Uh, I, I think that's that's pretty good, Darren. I think what we'll do is now we'll break these down into a, a TV review and, and a live. Yeah, yeah. That's it, only smart, smart. Hour, it only took me an hour to figure it out, but there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, th- this was for me, this was the, like I said, the only real disaster of the night. Um, I don't know what it was. The the hits didn't land. The thing with the bat was stupid. Like Liv is supposed to be the uh, baby face and she's coming out with the weapon and then she gets disarmed by the heel and then instead of using it on her, the heel throws it away. Um, the impact of the like the the moves the the strikes wasn't convincing the finish the kind of weird submission they got in at the end looked so awkward that i now know like in the past week from listening to different shows and that that the fact that liv was smiling while she was being tapped out is apparently going to lead lead on to some uh, storyline somewhere down the line but on the night uh, the the submission looked so weird and so awkward that it looked like she was laughing just because they couldn't get it in place right um, it just uh, nothing about this worked N- nothing about it worked okay and Dave yeah so the first so I, it was a couple years ago um, during Ronda's first run uh, Raw was same arena. And, you know, I'm always back and forth. I feel like spending the money, parking, all that. Like, I just watched on TV. I get a better view. Um, and I said, you know what? This might be my chance to see Ronda Rousey. So I'm paying to go see Ronda Rousey. Um, and it was great. She was a face of the time. And I've become such a huge Liv Morgan fan. I have a chair right here next to me that has her face on it. Um, from the last pay-per-view before uh, it was Elimination Chamber before the pandemic. It's, it's um, after and, the watershed now, Dave, so you're allowed to say that you sit on Liv Morgan's face. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter was earlier while watching Elmo. But, <laughs> so, um, but, but the point is, I'm trying to get to, 
is, you know what actually surprised me is when I, and I have to ask, so this is where I'm going to ask, did this come across differently on TV? So Rhonda's music hits and she's the heel. And listen, I'm there for Liv Morgan. I love Liv Morgan. She's not the best. She's still green, but she's come so far in the past year that I just want her to succeed. She's got the look. She's got everything. Just she botches a lot. So hopefully we can get over that at some point. But man, I was there for Liv Morgan this time, not Rhonda. But the two matches I was looking the most forward to, ironically, were the women's matches, which, yeah, you're right, listeners. I, I actually said that. So when but something instinctual inside of all of us in the arena happened when Rhonda's music hit. And I don't know if it's just because it's a great theme and, and also because it's Rhonda Rousey. When her music hit, we all jumped up and cheered and then remembered, oh, no, she's the bad guy. Uh Oh, and then Liv Morgan was almost no reaction whatsoever. So I'm curious, did I, they, I, pump, I did they pump a, in stuff for Liv on the I broadcast? Because it was dead in the arena when she came out. I Shock. actually have a, a kind of a theory around that. Um, I'm a big uh, Ronda Rousey fan. I think she was Me great. Too. She came into wrestling, like no background, and picked it up like almost at Kurt Angle speed. Um, so I'm a big uh, Ronda Rousey fan. I think she was really done dirty by fans <clears throat> the last time round in her previous run. They really turned on her for no reason whatsoever. That's like, true. She has a genuine love of wrestling. She was mm-hmm. really giving it her all. She was doing better than a lot of tenured veterans were. And I think maybe with the wee bit of time since she's been away, some of the fans have sort of stepped back and looked at the reactions that were given her and thought, oh, she really didn't deserve that. And I think mm. now this is a bit of a retcon. So whenever she does come out, I, 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 my theory is that, yeah, there's fans who feel kind of bad about the way she was treated previously. And now their instinct is to, like you say, even though she's the heel, she's coming out, their instinct is to cheer. So but my, did they, so my, my theory is on this. But I to my question, just before you get to the theory, my, but to my direct question, so it was almost dead. When Liv's music hit, even when she was, um, you know, doing the turnbuckle stuff in the ring, on TV, on the broadcast, did they pump in cheers for her, no. or was it as dead no, as it sounded this, in this arena? Was, this was a very quiet, and yeah, no, particularly no from the previous match, this was noticeably quiet. Yeah, okay. no, there was. I don't think they're sweetening audio anymore. Yeah, I, I, it was that. That shocked me. That shocked me. That was maybe the biggest shocker of the night. Was oh boy, she's not over. Maybe so it's my, Philly. Maybe it's not like her in Philly. I don't know. But So my theory on this is um, that Philly were just doing what I do at house shows where I do the faces and cheer. <laughs> the, the we do that just, all the time. That's fair. That's it's fair. fun. That's what you do. You just, you know, and then you upset everybody around you and you have a good time. I mean, yeah. you do. Anyway. As, for the, as for the match itself, um, I thought it was all right. Uh, I love the live spot through the table off the top turnbuckle. That was uh, that was a cool spot for Liv. I knew she'd do it. And I knew she had already done it on SmackDown two weeks prior in a much more impressive fashion, but not to Ronda. Um, and I got texts that were like, holy crap, um, when that happened. So it, it played to a certain audience well. Um, there, it was it was an okay match. It, it, wasn't, it didn't come across as bad to us. It just came across as uh, they're going to Saudi Arabia and they want to see Ronda Rousey, not Liv Morgan's. So pretty sure yeah. we know who's winning this match and Liv's yeah. not a believable opponent for her. I mean, that was the biggest talking point from people around me was, 
Yeah, but if this is real life, this is over in three seconds. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's, a, that's a Brock Lesnar problem as well, but especially yeah. in the women's division. There's just nobody that you can put in front of Ronda. Uh, you can kind of do it with Shayna, but you really can't put anybody in front of Ronda and make it believable. That you, can, you, can with, you can with this match type, you know, and I think this with, match I, type. Well, right. Right. And that's but that was what they were hoping is. And that's what they did the whole match is. Let's see if Liv can eke it out. Let's see if Liv can do something. And, and that's the story they were telling. But it, I, I, I agree rough. with Martin on this, though. It just it didn't have what I was expecting. Um, and I was expecting them to kind of really tell that story. Liv Morgan's great. I do actually like her a great deal. But oh, she's, I, it, she's my favorite. She's my favorite diva. And it, if you just, hate that I say that word, I don't care. She's my favorite diva that WWE has. But. She she still has work to do. Um, I love that you won't let go of Diva, but you say PLE. (laughs) (laughs) I only say it because I know you you vowed last time I was on the show that you'll never say that. But I'll tell you what, you just did. We'll never say it. We'll make a a compromise. We'll make a compromise. Um, You can say PLE, but you have to pronounce it PLE. PLE? Wait, so how do you pronounce, how do you, do you say PLE? Man, I really hate that they replace these poofs with these plugs. <laughs> it's like someone having a stroke. Tonight on, on the the air. Air. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um okay. So it'd be worse on. they could name it something like Rampage. Baby. <laughs> right. So, you know what, though? I am glad they didn't call it this WrestleMania Extreme Rule, or WrestleMania Revenge Extreme Rule. So, I mean, at least yeah. it's... At least they're calming down. Or, what was, the, or what was the one that uh, they really lost their mind with? It? WrestleMania <laughs> Backlash, right? No, it was Extreme Rules. It was something... WrestleMania Rewind? Or something? The, ho- the Horror Show. The Horror Show, that was it. Oh, my God. That it was just... when the that was when the plucked Rey Mysterio's ping-pong ball out of his head. Oh, Lord. I can't believe that's the thing that happened, but it did, yeah. and it was awful. Anyway, speaking of awful, um, we have the next yeah. match. And yeah. this was, you know, Martin, we said this, we were, when we reviewed the, the CM Punk uh, MGF strap match, we said it's hard to do them, and, and particularly yeah, when we were watching... It's really hard, yeah. And we were watching WCW as well. Like, There's a plethora of terrible strap matches. Uh, it's single-handedly the worst... Um, Worst um, stipulation match, in my opinion, unless you're a very select uh, performer who can do them. And the, the list you can count on one hand. It, m- most of that is Punk and Raven. They're the only JBL. guys that can really do a match. And JBL. Yeah, it's true. I wouldn't say it's the worst step. I would say it's definitely, it's probably the most difficult step. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I Inherently, it's not bad. It's just it's. You are literally handicapping your your wrestlers. There's so much yeah. they can do, and if they're not working together, you know, it, I, I, I mean, no one just, gets over just the mechanics no of it. Yeah, just no the mechanics of it are like look at a wrestling ring. If a guy goes out through the middle rope and then instinctively rolls in under it, yeah. like that's that's it. That's a a silly tangle that they have to dance around. Like, but it also needs to be very bloody and very very extreme. Yeah, and, even and that's why the JBL ones were because they were cowbell matches. Exactly. And yeah. this you know one... what you need even more than blood, even more than extreme. A strap match hinges on one thing: sound. Yeah. You need to hear that crack, mm-hmm. and yeah. if it doesn't echo through the arena, if everyone in that building doesn't, to some extent, feel 
mm. you know, wince, feel it, then the whole thing's dead. But I, this is why I really like the dog collar match as an idea as well, because it's you know, a chain hurts, right? Um, it, it you know, blood opens up a hard way as well. It, it lends itself a lot more than just a strap match. Strap match, as you said, they really have to work on. You know, there's a lot more aspects which you can't control, WWE or not. And this just, I know, Karrion Cross since he's come back or since he's debuted, because um, <laughs> they just they pretended like he was never there, which, I mean, is a good thing. Uh, well, he wasn't there. The, wasn't, the, sam- yeah. the samurai gimp was there. <laughs> but, yeah, so Karrion Cross uh, didn't benefit from this. He he would win. Uh, Quang was there. He defeated Drew McIntyre by pinfall. Uh, Scarlett is back as well, which is cool. I'm glad they had some sense and put them back together. McIntyre looked looked really bad in this match. I mean, it did not inform. It, it's a, 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 a fall from grace for sure. Um, but they, uh, Martin, let's go with the, let's go with this on TV. Um, what did you think of this on TV? And then we'll go to that. Okay, so the first thing I'll be quick as I can. The first thing I'd say about Carrying Cross is see that whole entrance and and all that seeing wrestling you have to go all in if you mm. half arse it or 70 percent or whatever um it, it's not going to look right and that even goes in training like when you're telling people to bump or roll or whatever is don't second guess yourself go all in because otherwise yeah. you'll get hurt it, oh. it's the same with the carrying crosses entrance it worked in nxt because like maybe they were a wee bit more uh uh, you know, three sheets to the wind the, the, were a even more experimental. It worked because they went all in with it. You know, they mm. did the black and white, they had the camera follow them, they, you know, had the smoke, the panning up. Um, on the main roster, they, they're they keeping the entrance, but they're not going with all the theatrics around it. And it's really, it's teetering on that line between you know like intimidating and farcical and it's fallen into farcical far too much um in terms of the match the whole thing yeah it just wasn't good the whole thing with not putting on the strap at the start was stupid the um the ending with the uh the pepper spray again was terrible like if if drew is say on the cusp of some sort of heel turn like, beat him, you know, beat him and have him be like, oh, I've lost something and I'm going to do whatever. But, like, Karrion Cross didn't get over by yeah, coming no out, got over this. No acting like over petulant this. brat, yeah. and then having his girlfriend pepper spray. You know, like yeah. he, now, this, was a, this was a WCW match for me. That's what this felt a, like. A hundred, Dara, that is a perfect, yeah, perfect analogy. I, I spent... Four minutes there saying what you said in three seconds. But, you know, I mean, you hit all the points on the head. Like, it's, you know, we watch these shows from the past. People don't learn from them. And they repeat it. This is, this could have been plucked straight from, uh, you know, sold out 1997 or whatever, you know. And that's what it kind of felt like. Dave, you were there in person. Um, did this come across any better in, in the arena? I think worse. Um, really? Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that really shook me was during SmackDown was the first time I'd really had saw Karrion Cross's entrance and it blew me away the way that Scarlet would be. And I didn't know it was Scarlet, but the way Scarlet was draped and then would end up behind him and then 
when they were in the ring, like you said, the black and white and the smokes coming in, there was such a cool mystique to it that I was like, oh, okay, may- maybe I'll care about this match. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're in the audience, I mean, you realize everything's camera angles for that entrance, everything. Yeah. So it doesn't play to the crowd well. Now that said, um, this match was terrible, but it's not the worst strap match I've ever been in attendance for, believe it or not. The worst ever was uh, Sanjay Dutt versus, and I can't even remember who, maybe Jay Lethal in a strap tuxedo match oh God, where you first yeah, that's, that's had awful. to undress your opponent from their tuxedo in a strap match before you could beat. It was awful. I was there for that TNA pay-per-view because... <laughs> They gave me tickets, or else I wouldn't have been there. Um, but there's my, the next but, review. There's but, <laughs> no, Martin. But when we get into you TNA, know, no, I'm not. Gonna... I'm not. You're not going to be happy. But here, here's what I can tell you. Um, this was the match where I met everybody around me because nobody cared. Nobody cared oh. about this match at all in the crowd. You know, the only thing we talked about. Whoa, look at that outfit Scarlett's wearing. That's it. That's it. That was the only thing that stood out to anybody in the crowd was. That's a crazy outfit. Where are we going with this? Like that. That if if the most impressive thing in your match is what your uh, manager or whatever she technically is is wearing, you got a problem. Yeah, you got a problem. The, the technical term is fuzzy. Yeah, it, we. It's that was it was boring and and we. I it was nice meeting the people around me. Is all I can I, say. I, I'm insist and we use that word because it really upsets the um, James Truepenny. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I'm sure Scarlett's, I don't know much about her. Maybe she's very talented in her own right. But all that stood out from this match was we met everybody around us and, whoa, what was Scarlett wearing? That was it. And if those are your talking points coming out of a match, you're in trouble. I didn't even know she sprayed pepper spray. That's how disengaged we were. Normally, it's women's match, take a, take a bathroom break. This was the match. Yeah, for everybody let's go I mean, let's go hit up merch this doesn't I mean, that, we don't care that, that, that's fair and that's the problem with the strap matches it's you know if i never saw another strap match again i i would you know i wouldn't miss them i, I they need to go um they're just they don't work they don't work oh. dog collar matches can work if cm punk raven or jbl are in them and that's yeah. about it there's no one else who can really do them it, it's it's just the way it is and raven because he's the only one who mastered it. I think I said right. Is he already. back? Did I did I see a thing in TNA where he's making like a he's coming back or they gave him a thank you or something like that? Probably. I mean, he deserves a Hall of Fame at least. In, in yeah. Because he had a, one of the best runs of his entire career in Impact, which we will get to because that's a fantastic run. All right. Next match, ladder match for the WWE Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defeated Bailey, which made me sad because I like Bailey a great deal. Um, what did you think about this, Martin, on television? Um, I mean, Bailey can't be long for this world as a heel. Like that crowd was just so desperate to cheer her. Yes, great. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the match was uh, okay. Look, coming from the past two matches, it was it was a tremendous improvement. Um, it 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 wasn't great. Uh, it it was it was. Weekly television, good. If this was on, you know, Raw or SmackDown, it was it was good. Um, but I mean, in terms of a pay-per-view world title ladder match, it was very muted. It was very safe. It's a wee bit botchy. Although I always would forgive botches in a ladder match because ladders are awkward and uncooperative. And yeah. like of all the matches, like wrestlers say. 
ladder matches are the most difficult. You know, John Moxley's getting chopsticks stuck in his head and, you know, exploding barbed wire and everything. He, he says the one thing he won't do is a ladder match. Um, so it'd always be a lot more forgiven of them. Um, but uh, it, it, it was it was good. It was it was a decent match. Just, I think decent doesn't quite cut it for a pay per view world title match. You know. Yeah, I I think that's my uh, my takeaway on this as well. I, ladder matches are actually my favorite matches. Period. Um, and it just, just when, wasn't when up there. When they're done well, they're even better than scrap matches. <laughs> Well, you know, a, a bad bell movement is better than strap matches. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, Says the guy who hasn't taken the antibiotics for that uh, yet. Wait a couple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but no, I, I mean, look, this the the pedigree of um, ladder matches is a thing. It's a case that they've been overused so much that the, you know you can have these lackluster matches. This would have been much better being any other kind of match. I think that they. It's 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 like what they do with Hell in a Cell, where you have match in a cell. Ladder matches can just be, we're gonna hit you with a ladder a little bit. We're gonna you know fool around and you know you fall down and I fall down and then you know it. No, I I, I there was nothing here that I liked. I if Bailey had a one, I would have been like yay, but she didn't, so I didn't even get that. Uh, what did you think about Dave in the crowd? Obviously, you guys all wanted Bailey to win as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, well, I, was it, it was better um... in, in the crowd or. Yeah, yeah, it was actually. Um, first of all, they got that set up so quickly in pitch black. Um, it astounded me. Um, but <sighs> Bailey, as much as I love her, um, as much as she's a phenomenal heel, one of the best they have, such a nice break from happy, huggy, wacky, inflatable figures. It, it, she's just her forte. She's not a high flyer. This yeah. wasn't the right type of match to put Bailey in. Now that said, I do actually enjoy seeing a ladder match between just two people. I mean, you go through history. What are some of the best ladder matches of all time? I mean, yeah, you can say HBK versus Razor Ramon, whatever. I don't care. It was just the first. It wasn't actually that good if you rewatch it. Um, but Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker, best ladder match two v or one v one maybe ever. Well, so well, there's always something point, special to on me. That point though as yeah. well. Sorry, you're right because a really good ladder match as well is The Rock versus Triple H, who aren't mm-hmm. actually uh, high fires either. I mean. That's what's yep. cool about a ladder match. It's kind of like an equalizer in a lot of ways, and then a true high flyer thing. So sorry, especially Jer- you, Jericho no, especially Benoit. Jericho Benoit. Yeah, that's true. yeah. What especially, although, although what I would say though. very very quickly is that Sean HBK was not the first ladder match. It was Sean Bret. Hart. I, know, I know. I'm not I being know. pedantic I read, I read because I'm a, I read I'm a big I'm a big Bret Hart guy. So I. That's fair. No, we'll allow. We'll allow. I have to interject that. He'll interject that whenever you ask, but. Uh, all, all, all I, I, of that channeling Brett. Channeling. No, I mean, yes, there is. Um, but that being said, uh, Bianca is fit for this type of match. Um, it was good. The finish made it great. That last move, that last suplex. Now, obviously. You could go, well, why wouldn't Bailey just throw the ladder away? It's insane that she would hold on to it. I get that, but it's yeah. pro wrestling. So you take that actual bump. That looked brutal in person. Like, brutal. We right. were astounded that that happened. 
Um, because that could go wrong so many no, ways. That's fair. Sunday. That, that's a fair point. I, yeah. Some spots do land better. So that's, maybe stuff was rough during the match, and you knew you were going to have the damage control stuff, and blah 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 blah. But that's that's what made the match. And Bianca's super over. Um, at the end of the day, people love her. Um, and you know, got to remember, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, set in Philly, so there's a bit of a connection there for some of the fans. So. West Philadelphia, specifically, I believe. Uh, yeah, born and raised, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, the the finish was really cool. The rest of the match was ladder match. Paul London and I always said this best, I thought, and he said, "I'm never going to be in a ladder match where my number one priority isn't always climb the ladder and win the title." If you're setting up superfluous ladders or doing things outside or setting up spots, you're missing the entire point of what the match is supposed to be. These are supposed to be competitors constantly running up that ladder to see if they can win the belt to the point that they get so exhausted that they have to climb their way up the ladder. Not this manufactured exhaustion, if you will. Uh, So so, uh, not to harken back to one of my faves, but I thought he made a really good point on that topic. it was good in person, but like like you said, I spent most of the match cheering for Bailey against the people a couple rows, well, a couple sections away that were cheering for uh, for Bianca. So it, it was it was fun to participate in, um, and the finish was cool, so it played well for the audience. But was it a great ladder match? That I'm going to go watch and go back and watch. No, no, it's not. I haven't rewatched it. I, I don't plan to rewatch it. All right, we'll move on to the next match, which um, was very disappointing for me, personally. Um, I love Finn Balor, really do. Um, Wait, you were disappointed? Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was disappointed because um, I don't think I really did anything. You know, it, it was a match that had this storyline, but it should have been for a belt. It should have, there should have been some kind of um, reason for this match happening, other than... Wait. Uh, before I before I give thoughts before even Martin does I because I, I, I think this plays really 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 <clears throat> key into this type of match and this is my one thing I didn't like about it I personally hate the concept of an I quit match yeah, that doesn't result in quitting yeah like exactly. this should have been Edge's career if he quits yeah, or that's what, that's exactly, uh, Finn, what I, exactly what I'm saying yeah exactly yeah or I'm Finn saying. Balor has to live uh, leave the Judgment Day if he quits. Like it had to be something like that, not just oh, I can't keep going. Yeah, that has, that's like, my initial thing. There was there was no. I'm happy Finn won. Obviously, um, Edge Edge being back was great, but I'm I'm kind of over it now. Um, and the Judgment Day thing, I I don't think did any does anyone any favors. Um, but th- this had to be for some a title, uh, a career. I said that would have been great actually. Um, a spot out, you know some kind of there had to be stakes and the, martin you'll appreciate this aw at least when stuff happens there are stakes there's you know there's the win loss there's you know there's something going on other than we're having a match and this really just felt like we're having a match now the i quit match which i'm you know i, I do like when they're done well when there's a reason for it um this okay you know it was a match it was a good match but it shouldn't have been an i quit match last month on the match fair enough that would have been a little bit more um, a bit more be- believable as far as they're fighting for, but then again, um, what are you fighting for? <laughs> What's the point? You know, it's it's. I hate you so much. I'm gonna make you quit. 
okay, but I'm going to be back next week. This doesn't resolve the problem, you know. It's it was silly from my perspective, but uh, Martin, what did you think? Um, this was thirty minutes long. Yeah, it was three minutes of a a a good, enjoyable, slightly sort of panto acted, but but pretty good. Um, uh, enjoyable angle at the end, and twenty seven minutes of sheer drudging, plodding monotony. Um, it, I got huge flashbacks to that endless uh, last man standing match Edge had with uh, Orton at the uh, the no crowd WrestleMania. Um, oh man, this was, and I I really don't like saying this because I'm a I'm a huge Edge fan and a massive Finn Balor fan. Like, and not even just because the Irish link. I I think uh, I think I think. Ballers are genuinely incredible and underutilized, at least till now, underutilized uh, wrestler. Mm. But this just did not work. The no. um, the match itself, like I say, was was slow, was plodding. There was no um, an I quit match. You have to be really careful with the, you know, when you're asking them, do you quit? Because it can get so comical, and this happens. The best of them, like uh, Bret Hart and Bob Backlund, had an I Quit match, and the crowd was laughing their arse off the whole way through it because of the way Roddy Piper, who was the guest referee, the way he was asking, like every two, like someone would put on a wrist lock, and Roddy yeah. Piper would be jumping and going, "Do you quit? Do you quit?" Yeah, um, it's, it, it's it only works, and again, it, it's got to do with the level of violence, like the the mankind. Rock, why quit match? I personally cannot watch that match anymore. Um, yeah. It's 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 it is horrendous. I mean, it's a it's attempted murder, like <laughs> at a certain point, like and um, when you watch it, that's all you think. You're like the brain damage that he's suffering is yeah. Is real, and the know? thing is that in order to to grip you, and because like so wrestling will have people pass out rather than submit because yeah. in kayfabe tapping out is kind of shameful and saying I quit is just like so, the worst thing like, ever yeah when you were saying earlier when someone says I quit an I quit match they need to disappear for yeah. three months there's a know? reason for it you don't just you know because it, it is uh, and then and again like it's that's a, what I'm saying it's a feud ender it's yeah but uh, the the level of what like again mankind again he didn't quit he was uh there was played over the <laughs> that he quit yeah. you know <laughs> But like even taking all that out, someone needs like so the the end was quite good. The the angle they did was good, you know, the whole thing with, with concerto. I actually mm. love that even across WWE and AEW, the concerto was like one of the most protected <laughs> moves yeah. in all the wrestling. Which is great. But just great, yeah. as a match, this was like I say, someone needs to have a word with Edge about these thirty minute slow plodding because he's capable of so much more i maybe again it's to do with wwe has that ceiling on you know sort of violence like really gratuitous violence so there was nothing in it that would neither of them did anything that made me think the other was going to say i quit exactly and Um, and that's the thing like if if you can't if you can't deliver if you can't deliver on on the promise. It, look, AEW did this with the exploding 
the exploding ring thing, right? Oh man, oh. It, 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 so, me cry. I know this. This goes both ways, right? So watch Cactus Jack versus uh, Terry Funk in Japan in the early nineties. Oh, exploding matches. Yeah, no, and that's what I mean. If you if you can't pro- if you can't deliver on something, don't promise it. And an I quit match. It needs a level of violence. It needs something where you're actually going like, to cut into them with a bit of glass or, you know, whatever, to, you know, to make them quit. And you can't do that on WWE. It just looks silly. I mean, Edge now looks weaker for it. Finn Balor has gained nothing. Edge shows up next week, cuts a promo going, I'm sad. And, and then he moves on. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this doesn't do anything for anybody. So that's my thought on it. Uh, Dave, real quick, what was this like life? Yeah, it's not going to be quick. Um, <laughs> Try to keep it quick. Come on. I'll, I'll keep it to 10. So okay. this this was by Minutes, far. Hours. The, yeah, right. This was by far the absolute best match on the card. No, n- nothing even compared to this match. This was Hell. from start Hell. to finish the absolute best thing we saw now obviously you heard my preface which was an i quit should have a stipulation i'm throwing that out now to give what it was like to actually be there so edge is good at making you care and we could talk about the finish Oh, we want those last 10 minutes of that match is some of the best that WWE has produced since SummerSlam. That moment of there's no way I'm quitting, but you're putting my wife in harm's position. Okay, I will quit to save her. That that tugs at the heartstrings no, of a fan. It, it okay, it, no, you could say it didn't for you. It did for me. But hell, that she's tugged, a wrestler. That tug because I still think it's real damn yeah, it but everybody knows she's a wrestler. okay but but, but, like but bear with a random it. person now i get that but let me let me have my time so okay, cool. sorry okay so that moment and it wasn't just that i rewatched this match and i'll explain why in a second i rewatched this match and i, I rewatched it with jenna and that concerto she was like holy shit like the fact that Rhea still hit her after made her like recoil like it hit her in the gut that they would do something like that. Um, it was so, so powerful. And then, I mean, the hockey stick stuff was great, integrating the fact that it's where the Flyers play and Ed just from Canada, so he plays hockey, so they use that. They use the chair bottom that they'd used in the past. You had the run-in from Judgment Day. Uh, I, sure, a lot of people in the audience were hoping for AJ, but if you follow nascar you understood that he was in charlotte he was test driving some cars so, that day so we, i knew that in advance i was still i was hold on question i have on that. Hold still, i know i know I'll let you, i will let you finish I okay okay, okay. But, so with all that said right would it not have made more sense to do that in the build-up and then have this i quit match whereas right you've done everything you put my wife through this you've the blah 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 blah, blah. no now, no i, I don't think it. so I don't think so. I think I think that really drew at the heartstrings. I think what's missing from what I'm about to talk about five minutes from now is a female talent, and that could be Beth Phoenix. But in, in that moment, oh my gosh, was that something? Now, why is this my favorite match off the card? And maybe why is this not so special for you guys? So how do I say this? Bah, we're off the air, technically. 
Um, so the seats I was in, um, I got a text before the show. Hey, what section are you in? I let them know what section I was in. They'll know what my seats were. Not normally where WWE would come up uh, to do that particular thing when Edge and Finn Balor went into the crowd after they were fighting on the pre-show set. I'm going to leave it at that. You, you all can imply what I'm trying to say. So that was so cool. Yeah, for me. Cool, right. that would be cool. That that was so cool for me. Like they stopped and fought next to me for yeah, several yeah. minutes. I, I sent you guys cool. videos. You it was it was amazing. Um, I'm not claiming anything. I'm implying. You all take that for what you want want it to be. <laughs> but but my point is, um, <laughs> without going into too much detail, that really made it special. Yeah, um, that's for fair. us for us that there. And, you know, it was funny, like, obviously you're not supposed to stream or record or video. Everybody is. Security guards were coming up to us after. Oh, oh, can you show me the video? I want to see if I was in it. Like that literally, 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 (laughs) like that, that was the level that they were at. Like we were astounded um, that they did that. If you rewatch the pay-per-view, you'll, you'll see me. I'm in, I'm right, I'm right there in a lot of it. Um, it 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 made it special. Um, I mean, that, for you me, can't, obviously, you can't compete with that. That's no, yeah, that's and an and experience you don't get that much. Yeah, know, that's amazing. Really and, and yeah, no, it is. And and so because of that, like I can take what you guys are saying into account on TV and say, okay, maybe it didn't come across that great for you, but for us, the section I was particularly in, it made our night. It was everything. And, and the thing it was about everything this, though, we possibly could have asked for. But see, that's I mean, the thing. And been right there, a foot away from us, a foot away from us, you know, strangling each other, trying to make each other say, I quit, throwing them into the top, I mean, you know, 10 feet up into the air to hmm. smack your head into concrete. That's not easy landings, man. Like, especially yeah. when you're sitting in those seats, you understand it. Like, it might not necessarily play as well to TV because this is one of the few matches that I rewatched back. Um, at least I could take screenshots of myself and send to everybody. But so, <laughs> but my point is, this match was just on a totally different level from everything else in the pay per view because it had everything that I want. I want a good story, great story. Because if we want to talk about what's the stipulation of I quit, it's to cement the fact that Edge quit the Judgment Day and Finn Balor did that. He did that wholeheartedly with 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 absolutely no compassion whatsoever Rhea Ripley's fantastic all of a sudden Dominic Mysterio is a believable character that I will root for as a heel because he surely wasn't going to get over as a face that's just tag teaming with his dad and then flounders like a carp that's been sitting out for a week in the sun like that's that's not going to go anywhere in the future you're welcome Uncle Roger fans so my point is this was a really special moment um as a fan of wrestling as a fan that was there um but also, even if I take that away, those last 10 minutes of the match with Best Phoenix and Rhea Ripley and the Judgment Day was such a great storyline that it really tugged at your heart the way that the first time, the first time, not the 25th time, but the first time Cody Rhodes did the nonsense with going for like an NWA title and these legends came out to support and all this. And you started crying because you felt stuff. That's what you got out of Beth getting concertoed at the end there. And then man, you're not going to be able to not let me talk about this. I have to, if, if you, if Monday night raw, man, the next day, 
Um, and, and credit to NASCAR for also playing it up. Like, hey, check out Raw. Like, AJ Styles is going to do something big. Well, I didn't know what. So I'm watching Raw, and I see AJ Styles, who uh, it's no secret, it's my favorite wrestler by far. I was wearing an AJ hoodie at the Wrestle um, at, at Extreme Rules. So you want to look for me. I'm the guy wearing an AJ hoodie, and I have a white camera out. But so it, it, to see him come down to the ring and shake Balor's hand, kneel in front of him, say, you're right. I can't do this without family. I mean, rewatching the promo, which I've done 10 times now, you hear all the little cues that he was doing to reference what was about to happen. But when the unthinkable, what I thought was unthinkable happened, the guys that were fired a week after main eventing WrestleMania against The Undertaker, during a hug with Finn Balor, show up. Anderson and Gallus, the good brothers, the family, is back. The OG, the Bullet Club, the real Bullet Club, not this crap that AEW is pretending is the Bullet Club. The actual Bullet Club, you know, the Finn Balor to AJ Styles Bullet Club with the original members of Anderson and Gallus showing up and reforming. And finally, AJ, who... By the way, congrats on your $3 million a year contract. Congrats on your bus. I, I guarantee you Gallus and Anderson are going to much prefer riding in a bus than a car every week. This was not just a great match. It led into one of my favorite storylines going forward. Because finally, AJ, who is getting paid like a top talent, but not treated like one, at least in terms of pay-per-views, is back in the position that he needs to be. We're going to see Judgment Day. Maybe this will go into Survivor Series and we'll get Judgment Day versus, you know, the 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 Bullet Club or Club or whatever they have to call them, the BPG. But this was a really special moment that parlayed into Monday. And, you know, I texted you guys about it, and it's, it's not a joke. I literally, we're on YouTube now, right? I literally screamed at the top of my lungs, holy shit! And the music hit for Anderson and Gallows. Because I, I thought AJ was going to join Judgment Day. But just make it happen. He needs something different to happen with his character. Hey, he's stale. He's not winning. He did what he needed with Amos. Amos is now in good matches. Loud as Braun Strowman. It'll be great. But AJ, what's he doing? And then you give him back his core, his family. Maybe throw back Beth Phoenix into the mix, in, 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 into the mix to counter Rhea Ripley. That's a possibility now. Um, actually, so, it's so when you imagine that, that because actually on that point, do you think yeah. then this is going to go into war games? Well, and, and they could. And it could. And that's what I love about this is More you have okay. two talents who are getting up there in age. And, you know, AJ, my figure, my figurines right there on the wall hanging up on the shelf. Like, I could get it. Like, I'm a super fan. So I'm going to mark out about stuff other people aren't going to care about. But, man. Um, seeing him get revitalized, um, man, that means so much to, to, to people like me because, uh, you know, AJ's not getting any younger. Finn's not getting any younger, especially after his past couple of years in NXT. I mean, that's hard hitting. Um, so to see them, to see the original Bullet Club for Kenny Omega was even involved in this crap um, that he wants to pretend he's like the head of or whatever. Like, the actual Bullet Club is going head to head when they raised their hands up and they did the Wolfpack on Raw. That sent 
chills down my spine. I know Lesnar showed up later, but that's not what I was marking out about. All right. Okay. This, Dave. this okay, is we get so, it. We get no, no, it. No, I, get, I, I no, get, I get, no, no, I get, I get, I get, I get, you get it. My point is this wasn't just an I quit match, which was, uh, I, I don't quite get it yet. I need, it, I'm going to need more detail. <laughs> I'm going to need more detail. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is this has not only accomplished a great storyline that tugged at your heartstrings when you were watching the match, it then set up the resurgence of my favorite wrestler. So how can I not like this? It makes Dominic Mysterio relevant. It makes him have a good character. He's a tremendous heel. He's got almost Vicky Guerrero level of heat when he tries to talk. That is so hard to obtain. And it's not get away heat. It's we hate you heat. And that's really, really a difficult line to balance. So, so ladies this, and gentlemen, this by far was the best match on the card, not just because it was a great match to watch in person, not just because when I rewatched it on TV, it played great, but because it has set up the next several months of booking and credit Triple H for doing the right thing, signing those contracts, giving AJ back the guys that he came into the company with and fought hand and teeth and nail to get them a good contract. Welcome back, good brothers. So good to see the real original club back. And man, I am just so stoked to turn on Raw every single week because man, it's gnarly, it's steezy, it's everything I want it to be. And this match has laid the groundwork for the next couple months. So I, I, I just I don't see the criticisms of it. I genuinely so, don't. So to sum up for Dave for the last fifteen minutes, AJ <laughs> makes Dave happy. <laughs> no, it's more than that. No, no, that's it. That's it. No, that's it. it. We have to move match. on. No, it wasn't even in this match. And that's my know, point. It was a great match without him. It pulled your heartstrings. And then it led into a new storyline that doesn't involve Edge. And that's booking brilliance. And that's the difference between Vince McMahon, who one-offs, pops at the pay-per-views, and Triple H, who worked that Attitude Era, understands pay-per-views aren't the end. Maybe you build to bigger things, but it doesn't have to be the same people. You turn those storylines into bigger aspects. No, you sold me on it. No, like you have. Like the, the, fact that, the fact that War Games, that Triple H said that War Games is going to be story-driven rather than a blow-off yes. match, yes. I can actually see those links. But you have, you have bestowed a new appreciation. For me, anyway, Martin, I, I, I'm kind of sold on this now. Um, I, I I just want to know if if Dave believes the Earth is a globe. <laughs> Agent, how, I how, how deep is your it. fandom? How loyal are you? Well, if, you, if so, here's the thing. So, if you look into the Old Testament, oh my God, no. that's, that's a different show. Dave. That's a different that's show. That's so it's a different show. Is this not the conspiracy podcast? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, and I don't actually don't want back. to get. I don't want to get thrown off YouTube. So, no, it's 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 a globe. Right. So moving on. So our main so our main event was <laughs> was Matt Riddle. South America thinks it was like no Australia thinks it's like the back of the Dave. Dave. I'm just the the main event <laughs> was the fight pit match. You know what the Riddle. best part of this main event was? Roman Reigns was in the building. You know what made us all happen happy in Philadelphia? Roman Reigns was in the building. You know what happened the last time Roman Reigns had a really good victory at the end of a Philadelphia pay-per-view? It was a Royal Rumble where The oh. Rock came out and tried to oh, no. and got booed to hell. I remember that. We all like Roman Reigns in Philadelphia. The best part of the show is we didn't have to worry about the bloodline or any of this nonsense we could just enjoy real wrestling fair well okay 
uh, Martin, so before the, the big return, which we'll get into, um, what do you think of this match? Um, I think it's kind of hard for me to give a fair summation of the match because I wasn't viewing it purely as a match. I loved the first fight pit, loved the second fight pit. Um, huge fan of Matt Riddle. Like I say, bell to bell, big fan of Seth Rollins as a wrestler, not so much as a person. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had like really high expectations for this. So I feel the like, same way, but about Matt Riddle, check out his Wikipedia, just do some research, guys. <laughs> um, I love I love how we're <laughs> all night we've been sort of dancing the line of uh, <laughs> of of receiving a solicitor's letter. <laughs> um, so I think maybe like I'm I'm because they're two phenomenal whatever about them outside the ring. They're two phenomenal. There's only one phenomenal one. How dare you say that? <laughs> well, they're two excellent. Uh, performers um so i don't know maybe this was good and it just suffered from really high expectations yeah i mean i think um, that's probably true i think that's probably on the point all right yeah for whatever reason man this kicked off and i was like t- from my point of view because i'm not secretly married to aj styles i wasn't like <laughs> <laughs> this hadn't been a great pay-per-view for me thus far, but when the kid, when the fight pet came down... It wasn't on the pay-per-view! What are you talking about? <laughs> well, when the fight pet came down, like, I, I I started to get a wee bit hyped again. Um, because even, it's it's actually, it's quite difficult in wrestling now to come up with, like, like a brand new gimmick, even though I know it's it's they the Lions Den. It's the yeah. Lions Den. It's like, the Lions Den <laughs> with, with a shelf. Yeah, it's the most <laughs> also NXT did it what like less than a year ago. Very yeah, well. but uh, no. Oh, like, can I just say, hold on, hold on one second, Martin. The Lions Den did have a shelf. Oh, did it? It was yeah. Well, no, what the one on Raw? But didn't. it was it was angled so they couldn't get up on it, was it not? Well, no, no when um. When Ken Shamrock was against Owen Hart, that's what the ref was. Oh, yeah, but that's the wrestlers never went up there. Yeah, the wrestlers never went. Well, no, Ken Shamrock did celebrate on top of it, and Chris Jericho did talk on top of it. No, but I mean, the, normally the wrestlers didn't go up there during the match. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, anyway, the point is that as it was coming down, I was like, oh, the fight pit still has something. Okay. It actually yeah. started to evoke a little bit, not not a percentage of what you used to get when the cell would come down before they made the Fair. cell ridiculous. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that. So I had high expectations. The thing coming, like the, the pit coming down kind of pumped me up a wee bit. And I was like three minutes into this, I'm like waiting for it to get good. And then five minutes into it, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's going to kick off any minute now. And then 10 minutes into it, I was like, am I, am I a bit bored? And fifteen minutes in, you know, they're they're up on the top and they're they're kind of scrambling around. And then now look, that Dave Matt Riddle did, I'm sure it was terrifying. But there was it's just me, was there something about it looked really weird and awkward and I don't know, maybe if he meant to rotate differently or something. It just looked very strange. But um yeah, I was struck halfway through this that I was 
really not enjoying it. And again, maybe if I'd viewed it entirely kind of separated from the other fight pit matches, mm. um, maybe it would have changed my view of it. But uh, yeah, I was I was very disappointed in this. And that, that's not to say it was the worst match of the night. I think it's just because my hopes for it were so, were so high that the the fall was uh, was much longer. I mean, I think that's fair. I like, as I said, the 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 fight pit. Um, I give them props for trying out, you know, for bringing up for bringing it into the main roster. It does have that kind of appeal because anything that looks kind of different in WWE now is 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 a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think it was undone by the fact that the real main event was a debut. Um. <laughs> And yeah, it was just weird. It was just a, a weird kind of um, placement to have this half feud and then lean so heavily into what they did when the show technically went off the air. Dave, how did this play out to you in the in the arena? Yeah, um, it played out two ways. Um, a, it played out me learning a lot about Riddle. I didn't know beforehand. Credit fans around me. Do your research, people. Um, had you not heard any of the accusations? Or I stay away from that stuff. I try and oh, ignore it because okay. you know, yeah, it's, 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 you it's, can't it's, enjoy any wrestling from the right, 80s well, or it's 80s. not. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same way. Like if a musician or comedian that I really like disagrees with me politically, I'm not going to not go watch them. Kind of concept. I, yeah. I try and put that to the side. But okay, so let's talk about this. Um. Two things were happening during this match. A, we just wanted to see what was going to happen off the top. Didn't care about anything else. We wanted to see what the dive was going to be. Right. And uh, when I rewatched it, I got flashbacks to Matt Hardy jumping off a cell and having his pelvic bone fused to his spine. And if you look at the way that Riddle fell, he made almost... That's the reason that Matt Hardy doesn't really do the leg drop anymore. Wow. Um, uh, this is years ago. I'm dating myself now. But uh, if you look at the way that Riddle fell, I mean, I rewatched a lot and he doesn't it doesn't look like he makes that much contact with Rollins. That's right on his lower lumbar. That's that's a hard fall from a legit 15 feet. And I, I don't as much as I love that kind of stuff, I like it when it's safe. And that, that yeah. was always my problem with those. Uh, X Division, uh, what were they called? Those, ultimate uh, X. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Those Ultimate X matches is they took punishments that took years off their life that I don't think they deserve to have to have endured, um, and and that, and that came through in this match for me. Um, yeah, that's fair. I will that's, say that's this fair. though, it was by far the easiest cage match that I've ever been at live to see fully what was happening. Um, if you've been to a house show, you know, they still use those 1980s. Yes, the 80s happened. They still use those 1980s old school blue things for, do, yeah. for cages. It, it's awful. You can't see through them. Um, Hell in a Cell, that, that can get a little dicey to see, through, to, 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 to see through. I don't know why I can't speak all of a sudden. Apologies. Because it's a big but, red milk crate. Yeah, but my point is <laughs> I could see everything very, very very, very clearly in this match. So credit credit to whatever they did to fix up the ring for this. Taking the ropes off was a great thing. I don't know why DC was there. 
Um, there are all these rumors about it's going to lead to like a match between him and Lesnar. Obviously not. I, I don't really understand why he was there. He played no significant role whatsoever, at least yeah. from the audience perspective um, there live. So, yeah, uh, we want to see somebody jump from the top. We saw it. We popped for that. It was cool. Nice match, I guess. Um, but you know what we were watching the entire time was the clock behind the hard cam that went 11 o'clock, 11.01, 11.02, 11.03, match ends 11.04. We're getting really antsy because we want to see Bray Wyatt. And where the hell is Bray Wyatt? Because are we off the air at this point? Like, what's happening? Right. Are, are, were they just teasing us? So. Right. When you're going into a match, and the best thing I can say is, yeah, we could see everything. It was super viewable, and we wanted to see something happen from the top, and we wanted to see what was going to happen after the match. We really didn't care about who won this match. That's a problem booking-wise, in my personal right. So, I mean, yeah, like, so let's move on to that. So, like, again, I kind of had the same, the same anticipation, where I'm like, yeah, this is great and all, but I don't care. Uh, where's Bray Wyatt, right? <laughs> So when he did show up, uh, I'm just going to say this now. I, I'm sad that The Fiend isn't there. Um, I mean, I don't know why do you have all his floozies just like there. And I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But, you know, I'm not going to go on it too far right now because obviously it just happened. But Martin, we talked a lot about uh, Bray Wyatt when he left. And obviously, you know, I have like literally six Bray Wyatt action figures. Um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers who can't wrestle. Um, I genuinely love the gimmick. I think it's great, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm sad that he's back, but also happy that he's back. It it's still too early to tell. What did you think about it? Did you think like I thought the mask he came out with was kind of weird? I'm like I don't like this. Um, I mean it was better than uh, Finn Balor's mask. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I and I will say that. But before I hear Martin's thoughts on this, because I'm genuinely curious, like how it played out on TV. But um, there was a lot of anticipation in that arena. And you often see people leave when that match, when that final match is over. But we stayed, everybody, at least where we were, didn't budge a moment. We knew it was coming. Yeah. And that's uh, hard if you're in a main event to, to have to taper to those expectations of hey yeah but nobody cares we're, we're here to yeah, see what happens yeah. and and that's the feeling that a lot of people had you know even watching this so martin like were you in the same boat was i where i was where i was just like okay i just want to see bray wyatt now what how did the play out for you yeah i mean obviously there was a, a level of curiosity to see what way it would play out um i mean like yourself my views on Bray are conflicting. Um, I'm a big uh, work rate guy, you know, and like as we've established, he's not, he's not the, you know, he's not the best, you know, technical wrestler, best athlete in the world, and it means he can build up all this, and he's really good at building up all this stuff, building up his matches, building up an aura, and then the bell rings, and it, it doesn't it take, apart. it doesn't take very long for it to fall apart, yeah. but. So he hasn't had a match yet, and don't worry though. Eva Marie on TikTok is already trying to tease her way into this angle. So have hate, have hope, have faith. <laughs> um, and if they do, if they if they're clever, you know they'll they'll limit his matches. They'll keep yeah. them really. Um, in terms of the angle itself, 
like the reveal itself. Um, I mean, I have such a conflicted view with Wyatt because he was the last new character in WWE when I was still watching that I that I genuinely loved that really got me in and am, yeah. really made me watch Raw every week. Yeah, and he was also the the character with that Hell in a Cell match that made me go <laughs> right. That's it. I'm done. Uh, and like, he's also the character with the box like so uh the box like um but genuinely that hell in a cell match with rollins was that was where i emotionally like disassociated from wwe i was like right nothing matters to this company so i'm not emotionally investing so i can watch the stuff i can laugh when it's stupid but i don't care about it i'm not going to stress about it i'm not going to worried or anxious or you know like i do now like when aw screws something up mm. i'm like kind of beside myself because i'm you know that could have been so good um i don't feel that with wwe because from that hell in a cell match i i have just disassociated from them um so i i have this conflicting view of him um he is a character that doesn't fit anywhere else like you say impact he would have as a character would have been great in impact but impact wouldn't have had the production no to make him appear as anything less than ridiculous Uh, (laughs) although to be fair that probably would have been hilarious at the same time i mean it it would have been i mean dave's gonna get this reference you're not because we haven't got there yet but black rain Oh no, I know Black Rain. I, uh, yeah, but you have experienced I, Black Rain. I'm, I'm not, I'm, and I'm really not sure that I want it because I love I mean, me Dusty and Dave Rhodes are, so me much. And Dave are, me and Dave are covering at the time. And, and then, uh, what's it, when Abyss lost, you know, was in the insane asylum and, oh. There's um, so much garbage that, you know, I, I would, part of me. Oh, I, had like, do, I had to do live post shows for that. Yeah, the man. But in, in there was terms no, of the no actual... money in the world for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. There's a reason I'm not so it. Well, never mind. In, in terms of the actual reveal, I mean, yeah, like they they did the thing where they zoomed in on the different characters, and whether you thought that was cool or whether you thought that was goofy is really just going to come down to your personal um, tastes, your preferences in wrestling. If you like the spooky stuff if you don't like the spooky stuff if you like the fiend or if you didn't like the fiend look um, i like the spooky stuff and i love the fiend but i thought that was pretty pretty lame i'm I'm just gonna say now i mean kind of lame now i don't know what they're gonna do um they could do a lot more but uh, tune in the smackdown right now it's all <laughs> it's it's far too early it is far it, too early the whole thing around yeah. this is is what happens with it and if they go on and make a great character out of this then that will change how we view the debut if they go on and they screw it up again then the debut will be yeah absolutely farcical it's um but you know what one thing i always liked about bray was that good or bad he is creative yeah sometimes to his detriment he is different um he is, if nothing else, he is interesting. You know, yeah. I would tune in to watch Bray Wyatt, not even necessarily because I'm a huge fan, just to see what the hell he's going to do. And, so, I t- and you know what? I think that's been missing from the show. Bray Wyatt needs to be on 
WWE. I would still say yeah. on it, you know, discount Bray, Wyatt Bray in, in Impact would be hilarious, but for all the wrong reasons. I mean, it would be gas. Um, you know, um, and, but... and the only other thing I'd say is before Dave gives his views is I think there's a maybe not a full podcast, but a discussion to be had on what is happening behind the scenes with WWE mm. with all the people who are fired for I'm doing air quotations, budget cuts, you know, and, and you have Nick to Khan. pay, you have to pay prostitutes allegedly. <laughs> I mean, come and, on, WCW only cost 4 million. The but here's the th- cost a lot more. But here's the thing. So never he was going allegedly. Nick Khan was apparently like leading a lot of those cuts or demanding a lot of those cuts. And now all those people are back. Are they back in similar contracts? Are they back in bigger contracts? Are they back getting half the money they were? Like, it is is money not an issue? Like, was that, as we all expected, like a farcical excuse? Mm. If they're starting to really spend again, does that mean the sale is more likely? Does it mean the sale is less likely? Um, it, it's really interesting that there are, after being on a firing spree that we all assumed was like a cost-cutting thing to make the company look really... Uh, profitable, uh, and now they're on a hiring spree. It's a it's a separate issue, but it's I think it's just an interesting one to discuss at some point in the future. Martin, I think we will. Martin, as I said, like you know, we're the thing about this show is it, it is basically based you know in the past, but you know I, things are moving so quickly now with the WWE that we probably will have to have that discussion when it's the wrestling you know, fast forward. The wrestling fast forward. That's it, you know. But um, Dave. So you were there, and how did this play out? Like, what did you think about this? Obviously, you're probably happy that the fiend is back as well. But what was no. it like in the arena? No, not at all. Really? I don't want the I don't want the fiend back. I got exactly what I wanted. I got the cult leader back. That's who I want. <laughs> I want I want Bray Wyatt back. I don't want the fiend. And and that's what I loved about this. So, I, I you guys have the video. It's like six minutes long. Maybe Dara will put this in post, but. I showed what it looked like from the fans in attendance. I, from the second the lights went out, mind you, we were chanting for Bray throughout the night, but from the second the lights went out, all our phones, immediately, everybody, boom, lights on the phones. Um, but it wasn't until he's got the whole world in his hands hit that that massive, one of the, I think the most massive pop I've ever been involved in, personally, happened. Um, it was magical. It, it, it sent chills through us. Now, re-watching it on TV, I can see how you might have a different perspective because in the audience, we, we, we didn't see the close-ups except like the pig was in the aisle over no, next look, to me. It, it, and then like white. the head was it like brain. on the it table brain. and all that. So like those were the two I saw. But yeah. like the other five, I didn't see live. No, now re-watching. The entrance is, is special. I mean, it's, if anyone's ever been in one, it is unlike anything else. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, I even, I wasn't lucky enough to see the Undertaker live, but I Thank imagine you. it's very much the same way. Thank you for saying that, because that, that's I, my I was, point. I was we one need... of the few people who didn't hate the the maggots being projected onto the ring. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. well, you weren't there live to watch it. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, it was, it was cockroaches and nonsense, but so. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> but, but, but. But actually being there, being in the thrall of it, and it's it's when 
that WWE teases you to a point that you think something's going to happen, but you also know it's the WWE, and for all we know, it's going to be carrying Cross or Alexa Bliss with somebody else. We don't know. You don't know. The second that music hit and everybody started singing, you realize there's magic. Is he the best ring performer? Hell no. Hell no. I've gone on the record a thousand times saying that. But uh, Triple H had an interview recently with... Uh, I'm going to mess his name up. It was Ar- Ariel Halasi that does Hawaii. their like pre Yeah. yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that covers them. And he talked about Bray Wyatt like a week in advance and said, you know, he's, it was really fun working with him. He's very creative. Sometimes we have to shut him down because he's a little too creative. Um, we, cause we realized five minutes from now, he'll have a different idea. And I understand that you guys work with me on the same way. So like, I get that, but being there for that moment was, one of my Dave, one of my favorite WWE moments I've I've ever been there for. And if we want to talk about returns or debuts, there's three now that stick out in my mind. There is Chris Jericho um, coming out, and and that was that was that was just unbelievable. The reaction that he got um, against The Rock. There was AJ Styles showing up in the, in that Royal Rumble at, in number three. Who the hell? Styles, Dave. Well, yeah, I know, but but I mean that that was a moment. Yeah. That was a moment that Absolutely. we as wrestling fans never thought would happen. Oh. And then you have magic, and we don't have the Undertaker anymore. And I'm sorry, Karrion Cross and Scarlet. Scarlet, you are beautiful. I, I I have a friend whose daughter is named Scarlet, and God bless. But like, it just isn't the same. No. Bray Wyatt coming back as the cult leader, showing. The old fiend setup, showing the the fun house, showing the Firefly fun house, and it's all dilapidated and nothing's there. And but then all of a sudden, the characters come to life. The puppets have now come to life and are playing distraction to this. What does this mean? Does this mean Bray has a, a posse that he's with of, of five people? Does this mean that the cult leader's back? Will Braun be with him? Where is this going to go? But. None of that mattered in the moment. What mattered to us were the lights went out. We didn't know if we were still in the air because it was happening after 11 o'clock. And, and credit to WWE because when I watched this back, they played it off like, are we still on the air? Yeah. Michael Cole doesn't get enough credit, and he should. Um, yeah, great to have Wade Barrett with him, but now, but point, point aside. Um, or not with him with, on Raw, but you know what I mean. So, like, my, my point is, this was really, really a special moment to witness live and is one I'm going to remember for a really, really long time because you spent the entire night hoping it would happen and then it actually happened. I can't tell you how many wrestling shows I've been at. Um, the first WrestleMania match of Cena versus Rock comes to mind where why would, on earth would Rock win? And we were all just like, eh, well, that was dumb. Yeah, that comes to mind. It's like a really lame moment. Um, that could have gone the other way and really helped somebody's career. And so for me, this was the epitome of how do you debut someone? How do you keep this cryptic stuff going that you've been doing for months, which again is not something we would see under Vince, right? I mean, when's the last time we, we saw something this creative QR codes, secret websites to visit. I mean, this is almost Cicada 3301 nonsense that they were pulling with the white rabbit. And I love that. Because that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me get excited as a fan. And, and, as, and we're so, air, as we're on the air right now, so we're recording this at 2 in the morning Irish time, 
Sorry, um, Bray, Bray Wyatt has just returned on SmackDown. Right, and I'm looking for I'm, as soon as we're off the air, I'm going to go watch SmackDown. Like that, that's where I'm at because SmackDown has Ricochet and has Bray Wyatt, so I'm in. So this was chilling because where we were in the audience, they were still playing it the way they have many, many a week of we could just be teasing you and he might not appear. He could not appear. You could do all of this. You could show the door. You could show the door opening. Boom. Pay-per-view off the air. Mm. But no. Wyatt actually walks out. Uh, yeah, I get it. He didn't blow the lantern out at the same time. That'll, that'll get fixed. Um, but, man. Man. When everybody in the audience wants something to happen and you close the show making that happen that leads to bigger buy rates the next time you're in that your next time you're in that region uh you know we got a wrestlemania coming up that's certainly not going to hurt it's going to drive your interest to see hey what are they going to work i turned on raw just to see like oh will they even mention it and they said oh watch smackdown so i'm like all right i got smackdown recorded i'll watch that on friday like that sounds cool so like this was this was special this was this was this was as far as debuts because I'm I'm considering it's a debut, not a return, because right. um, it's a new character. I, I I think it was absolutely brilliant, and I can understand certain people want to see the fiend back. Certain people want to see Alexa Bliss go back to her former character. Certain people apparently on TikTok want to see Eva Marie involved because she was holding the doll. I don't understand that either. But as far as Bray Wyatt goes, um, and rest in peace to Luke Harper. We have so much potential in what can happen with this character. Make him a special attraction. Roman Reigns is a special attraction at this point. Make Bray Wyatt a special attraction. Don't overexpose him. Keep it mysterious. Keep the Undertaker vibe going. And you can create something truly magical with a creative genius. Is he the best in the ring? No. Is he better than 99 out of 100 people who sign up to go wrestling? Yeah, he absolutely is. So the fact that we're harsh on him doesn't be, it's like saying, and I'm, I'm playing to a U.S. audience here, but it's like saying Carson Wentz is a terrible quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the commanders doing terrible? Sure. The Washington commanders are terrible. Are they doing terrible because of Wentz? absolutely are is, is he the worst quarterback in the world of course not he's just the worst out of the top 32 mm. so uh, that's how i feel about wyatt so like is he the best wrestler no but does everything else make up for it yeah because is this wrestling no hell no it's not wrestling when have we forgotten that is aew wrestling sure is impact wrestling wrestling sure is WWE wrestling? No, it's not. It's sports entertainment. And God damn it, I was sports entertained by that moment. And that's what matters at the end of the day. And we're gonna leave it there with that horribly cringy line. But we got the feeling. <laughs> we got the feeling. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Oh my god. So you know Dara, I was sports entertained by that. That's brilliant. Wait, when we do rewind merch, I'm just going to be on the back. I was sports entertained by that. So, folks, we're going to leave it there. Uh, I want to thank my two co hosts, Tree Man Booth, Dave, and Martin. Again, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your your time and your thoughts again. 
uh, Dave with his uh, lavish praise of AJ Styles, who wasn't on pay per view, <laughs> by the way, folks. He was on he Raw. Was, it was worth was mentioning. <laughs> Listen, I'm talking. Show. It's not just about the night. It's about does the night make things happen through WrestleMania season, and that's what I'm seeing. And that's you know, we, we Dare and and Martin a little bit before you're on the show. This is one of the things we were talking about as we were reviewing WWE stuff, and I'm at uh, WF stuff, and I'm sure. Dare I went over this with you as well. One of the things that was lacking was long-term booking, and that's what we're getting now. So, yeah, am I an AJ, am I an AJ Styles flaggy? Of course I am. Did, was my COVID mask an AJ Styles phenomenal mask? Yeah, it was. I, I have no shame in that. But well, I mean, that's at the thing, same that's- time, at the same time, what it's setting up is long-term storyline. It's making yeah. you wonder, okay, what's going to happen next? I need Absolutely. to tune in next week to see where this goes. And in the background, you have this mystique of Bray Wyatt. You have all these different factions which have been lacking from W. I mean, how many times have we talked about WWE needs to have some factions? Well, we got them. If it's the Judgment Day, if it's AJ and the Good Brothers, if it's uh, the people on Raw, there are Bray, whatever Bray Wyatt decides to do with his cult and who he recruits. Yeah. We are finally back into that late 90s era that made Triple H so successful. And I think that's... As a wrestler, that's, and but, that's what we're re-entering. And but this that's one thing makes that we're me excited. And it's not AEW put 20 people in the ring just because we signed all these contracts and we don't know what to do with them. WWE's smart. You guys were talking about the fact that like they're on a hiring spring. They're really not. Yeah. Triple H is being very careful. He's only hiring back specific people that are going to move the needle. And the rest he's bringing up to NXT, which is where his heart he and just had a carrying cross, Matt. Where I get that, but is that not an NXT guy that Triple H is willing to say, hey, this was really good. Let's see if the production will carry over. If it doesn't, no pun intended, it will cross you off the list. Like, at least they're doing something, and at least people were still talking about carrying cross because of Scarlet's outfit. So it, it's a weird thing that we're in, but the point is they're setting up the long term, and that's what I've been craving. I don't want to see shows rewritten the night of. I love Vince Russo. I love Vince McMahon, but I don't love the fact that they're rewriting shows the day of. I want you see, things I set think, out, I think- and I want them to make sense, and I understand we have Saudi shows that are always going to throw that rhythm off, but the point is going into WrestleMania season, this is one of the most excited I've been in years, yeah. and I'm not going to Mania this year. I'm not going out to L.A. to watch it. I'm excited nonetheless for what's going to happen to Survivor Series next month in November. What's going to happen at the Royal Rumble? We can throw everything up in the air. How are they going to play out this cult? Who's going to join? Who's going to come into the Bullet Club and be the female talent to take out Ripley? There is so much potential, and it's not bogged down by having the elite or, well, they're suspended, but by having, like, whoever come out, and there's 20 people in it, and you don't even know who half the people are. Every single person matters, and, and I, that, and I, and I that think that's makes important. me happy as a fan. And I, and I think that's important because, again, one of the things that we do on the show is, is we, we do cover periods of time that had arcs and long-term storytelling. So this one has got away for a while. So, look, it is interesting. It's a show that definitely felt different. No, no, Dara, that- I'm not going to gloss over this. How dare you admonish me for swearing and then allow Dave to say, I love Vince Russo. I will not stand for it. Uh, Vin- uh, Vince Russo. <laughs> Vince Russo. I, I own his book. It's I, own, I own two of his books. 
<laughs> I remember reading in college in the cafeteria, like pouring over every page, like, you're right, bro. You're right, bro. You said bro a lot. He does say bro a lot. I just, I like, I've never seen it, but I just imagine that his book is written in crayon. Which one? Honestly, so, so, so 90% of the book, if you haven't read it, the only his first one, Derek can speak more to his second one, but like 50% boppers. of the book is like, well, I found Jesus, so I would do this differently. So like, yeah, uh, maybe true. not yeah. the best read, but. Yeah, Robopper, the one where he talks about TNA actually is quite good. That's that's actually a pretty good read. The other one is, as Dave said, it's it, he finds Jesus and you know walks back a lot of what you said and did. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, so again, that we're gonna leave it there, folks, because we were nearly two and a half hours. Um, so <laughs> it's late. And again, Dave, want to thank you for your time, sir. Um, it's good having you on the show. You're gonna try to do monthly, right? That's the goal. Whenever something excites me, I'm here, man. Brilliant. I'm just here for the excitement. And and we are going to start streaming um, every week on YouTube. So uh, the rest of your take it right to YouTube where we're going to be there every uh, every week. We're going to try to do a pre-stream. We're figuring all that out. And uh, of course, I'll be joined every week by Martin Herty. Martin. Boop, boop. Uh, and, you know, we're going to keep going until uh, Punk acknowledges you and responds. <laughs> Till, till, till death. And do you know what? He's he's codding himself, Dara. He's only fooling himself because he's going to have to answer eventually. And the older he is, like that's the it. easier it's going to be for me to bait him. And then he just hit that leg and he'll go down. You know, that's it. Bang. Do you know what I'll do? I'll get in the ring and I'll just throw one of them cupcakes the far side of it and he'll be, oh, dis- he'll be, he'll so be distracted. He'll, he'll, he'll be like, oh, I love those. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a good strategy. I think that's a good strategy. Like, Pretty sure they were muffins. Let's get our facts right. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw a cupcake one side to distract him, and then a real muffin the other side. By the time he gets back to me, he'll be he'll be blown up. He'll be wrecked. Wait, before we go off, before we go off the air, because I know Dara's queuing us out and doesn't want me to talk anymore. But I understand that. <laughs> That's um, true. No, so no, it is. Dave, what, what would your top five AJ Styles matches be? Oh my god! Oh, well, that's easy. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's done. Death before dishonor two against Paul London. Um, his triple threat against Samoa Joe. Dave, Dave and H- Paul London was absolutely time. phenomenal. His triple threat against uh, Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels was great. John Moxley, had, I believe it was an Extreme Rules, was uh, a phenomenal I match. Name them. Yeah, bring bring them down for us. Each oh, one. I thought well, I'm just trying to name them. We're gonna show it. This isn't why I interjected back in, but. Driving me off topic. I appreciate it. <laughs> Why did Good you interject back in? I don't even remember now. Martin put me <laughs> off. <laughs> it wasn't about AJ. I know that much. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to leave it there, folks. Um, um, we're going to be back next week here on the show. I don't know what we're doing. I, what are we doing next week, Martin? I don't know. There had been some talk about an Undertaker arc. There had been some talk about maybe doing a one-off you know, maybe picking like a pay-per-view from some promotion at some point in time that was a one-off. Um, who knows? We, we'll, we'll come up with something out. during the week. I tell you what, the best way to do it, folks, and, you know, I will say it again, is to go over and you can find everything on the Um And that has links to all our social media and everything. Please do follow us on Facebook and Twitter, not because we, you know, want an ego it's just, that's we decide this like on a tuesday usually and we're like what are we going to do so we that's that's when we decide what we're going to do so i mean once we decide we'll post it and then you guys can watch along and it'll be ready for the live stream as well dave will be back probably in a month um i don't know what we're going to be talking about that. probably war games actually um looking at the calendar that probably lines up and um yeah so again 
like, subscribe, uh, share the podcast, tell everybody about it because the Wrestling Rewind is the only podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll be back next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the True Penny Channel, Learn to Know Media, and of course, the WrestlingRewind.com. Bye, guys. Follow me on Twitter at the Dave Steven. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.